1: Alright, once again to the Voice of Wrestling Flagship Podcast, I'm Rich Kreich, alongside, as always, king of banter, very good family man, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what's happening?
0: Uh, well, I mean, you missed a lot.
1: I did. I <laughs> never, you know, people always say, you know, oh, oh, there's Rich taking a vacation during the second week of the Champion Carnival, or, you know, it's like everything back in the old days. Wrestling happened every day. You, you know, there was always something going on, and it was always the joke. of uh, There was the one year. The one year I went during WrestleMania weekend, I get it. That one, I, I definitely... That was terrible planning. But otherwise, it'd be like, oh, Rich, it's like the, the third week of the G1. You can't miss it this week. <laughs> or, you know, oh, no, it's Survivor Series weekend, jo- uh, Rich. You can't miss that one. Like, all the other ones, it got a little ridiculous. The WrestleMania weekend one, uh, that one was fair. But this... I couldn't have picked a better week to just fucking not have internet connection, occasionally check my phone and go, oh, my God, and then close the phone, throw it away, throw it down a fucking canyon, you know, throw it into a geyser hot spring and just run away as as much as I possibly could from wrestling news because, good God, what a bloodletting that was last week. Holy shit.
0: The problem is you can't possibly entirely catch up, and there's no question you're going to be, like, putting over –
1: I know. I was I try to I'm trying to make a master list. I think you did a pretty good job on on Patreon Voicero dot uh, com slash Patreon. I think uh was it Monday that you did that one? The Monday roundup?
0: I did a Monday news roundup where I, I had I, I went over everyone who had been punished to that point. Right. That's hardly <laughs>
1: It's not a master list at all, but
0: No, because it's very hard for some of the larger corporate entities to punish people. Without, you know, super hard evidence or in some cases, the people are still being investigated. So the list is far more extensive when it comes to the accused. And with you not being around while it was all going on, it was so crazy. I was trying to do like news updates behind the paywall all week long. And the problem was I would set up some notes and get ready to record. And every 15 minutes, there'd be another deluge of news. It just never stopped, and it was 24 hours. and it, it was just uh, surreal, you know and, and, and it was hard to keep up even sitting home on your phone the whole time. And with you being gone, I mean, there's no question. I mean, you, you you've definitely missed some, and there's going to be some that slip through the cracks and, and don't get punished or get swept under the rug. That's inevitable. And you are definitely going to put over some kid touchers at some point because there's no way that you haven't – that you've seen it all. Like, because you weren't even around.
1: Right, right. Especially, like, the indies ones because, like, you you had mentioned on that news roundup as well that, like, here's the people that have been, you know – punished or fired or you know whatever but like there's a lot of dudes and and that are on the independents or whatever that it's just like they can't really be fired they can just sort of be shunned or or, you know or blacklisted or whatever so like they you know like they've been named but we won't know that they officially are like quote unquote fired from anything until you know bookings resume and that person never gets bookings again and we can go oh yeah okay that was you know one of the guys that was that was listed because yeah like I, I was trying to follow as much as I could with again I was very glad to be away at national parks where I had no internet connection or whatever. But what I was finding is that like, I forget you might remember the name. I don't even remember the name because it was such a cra- crazy, busy week, but who was the, I think it was a UK guy who had been gone for a while, came back, was like dancing on the graves of people that got named and then got named himself like three minutes later then deleted his Twitter.
0: That was like a hundred. You guys.
1: <laughs> damn it! There, there was the a, one that was like it was a like grand opening, grand closing for whoever this was. Oh my uh, god! You're,
0: you're talking about you're talking about Josh Bodom
1: That's it. Josh Bodom He like re he like reintroduced his Twitter account and was like, yeah, yeah I forget even who he was dancing on the grave of. This is what like, he said.
0: He he yeah. He had been sh- he'd been shunned since the ref incident. Yeah, oh, where correct. He beat up right, the ref. Right. And um, so he reactivates his Twitter account to basically say. Oh, you guys want names, I'll name some names. Cause you know, he's just gonna burn it all down. Right, he doesn't give got... a shit
1: anymore. Yeah, he's got nothing right. to protect anymore.
0: Rich literally five minutes later, <laughs> he gets accused and immediately shuts down his Twitter account again. It was the quickest oh, my God. resurfacing and then recanceling in the history. Jesus. And 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 he was hardly the only one. It, it it became like a running gimmick where as soon as a wrestler came out to support those that were speaking out, you knew within the hour they were going down. It, it's just it happened multiple times. His was just you know the most egregious example of it because he's had a terrible reputation forever right, anyway. Right.
1: I like the, uh, and- the the progress leadership that was always great too. They're like, all right, uh, we're we're getting rid of these people. These are the new people. Wait, no, those people are gone too. And then like, oh, was it OJO or whatever was like. All right, OJO is now, like, the official, and then he said something, and then, like, <laughs>
0: literally, like, 20 hours Wait, you're later. you talking about Michael
1: Oku? Yeah, Michael Oku. Yeah, that's it. What O-Ku, the hell are yeah. you calling him? OJMO or whatever. Is, is
0: OJMO. I thought you were saying OJO. No, no, like, no. Sorry. Uh, O-J-M-O what's OJO? You talk so fast. Like, you're the fast talker. You've <laughs> always been the fast talker That's of the true. show. It sounded like you're saying OJO, and I'm like, who the fuck is OJO? Is he talking about Oku? Well, you were saying OJMO. You're, yes. you're slipping the M in there.
1: Yeah, sorry, sorry. But You uh, talk so
0: fast, I can't hear the M.
1: <laughs> but, so they, they and again, I'm just, like, I had to kind of figure all this stuff out, like, 24 hours later, which may as well have been, like, nine weeks in 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 last week's news or whatever but yeah i see that like they appointed him as like a a figurehead in in progress or whatever and then like 20 hours later you know he he tweets out oh i have to step down from my post that as a figurehead in progress yeah
0: good god
1: and now there's like literally one person left in progress right like the entire company is just completely burnt to the ground
0: well there's one original owner left um and yeah they they um they named a new like leadership board or whatever the term they use and he was on it and then he got exposed for using some naughty words in a private chat i don't know what the words were and uh and he stepped down yeah the the progress ownership slash leadership is like the spinal tap drummer now it's just it it changes daily um but um i think that uh vicky haskins is part of that now and uh, one of the original owners, and then a couple of other people. Oku, yeah, but he, yeah, he was another one of these guys who immediately stepped up and then had to step down. So yeah, it's a big mess. I mean, I you know, and it was a, it's a weird week not to have a flagship in the midst of all of it. Um, but I mean, I did talk about all of it two or three times behind the paywall. One of the New Japan Cup reviews. I mean, I couldn't ignore it. I mean, it was right in the middle of everything. So I did about. 35 minutes of audio on it that day and then the uh, news roundup on monday sort of just dealing with all the fallout from over the weekend so i mean i i was never planning on doing a flagship last week anyway when you were gone um because now we're doing it live and everything and i uh, you handle all that shit i don't know what i'm doing and i was just gonna take the week off and do all the paywall audio with all the new japan cup shows and everything and um but it's not like it, it had to be discussed, though. You can't just punt the topic. So I made sure I talked about it at least a couple times um, behind the paywall. And now, you know, there's still there's going to be more allegations trickling in, I'm sure. I mean, as more women become comfortable talking about things, but we're mostly dealing with fallout now. And I think there have been a few more. Firings or punishments since I talked about it on Monday, but there's still a lot hanging out. And it's like, I've been saying this all along too to the listeners, but I think people need to prepare themselves for a lot of these guys skating. I mean, it doesn't like Matt Riddle, it doesn't appear he's going to be punished right. publicly in any way because he made them aware of it years ago, you know, when they signed him. You know, apparently. So it's like they were aware of it and already did their investigating and their vetting of that whole situation. So when Candy Cartwright came out with her stories, it didn't catch WWE off guard. Um, You know, and that's not me saying they're right or wrong for not punishing him. I'm just saying it doesn't look like he's going to be. I mean, he debuted on SmackDown the same day. They briefly took down, you know the preview hyping his debut for about an hour and then they put it back up and then his match aired as usual. And, you know, it was like a hero's welcome to the brand on top of everything else. So they're just full steam ahead with Matt Riddle, you know? And, um, I guess they had the conference call with the UK guys earlier this week. I, I, you know, the days are starting to blend together because we know that, you know, Jack Gallagher was fired hours after his accusations because he just came clean and said, yeah, uh, you know, these it's all true. So they, they just let him go immediately. And he didn't get the good luck in your future endeavors either. He got the cold. This guy's gone. Really? You know how they have the right, two different Right, right,
1: right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he got yeah. the get the fuck out of here release.
0: He got so. the we have come to the terms on the release of Jack Gallagher, period. Yeah, done. Yeah. yeah. Stop. Yeah. So, you know, that's it, and he's done. I mean, he's one of the guys who will never wrestle. I don't think he'll ever wrestle again. Um, and then, you know, a couple days later, they fired Travis Banks and Liguero. And I think they've suspended, since the last time I've talked about this to the listeners, they've suspended Joe Coffey. So, and then the rest of those guys, and I'm looking for it, but I can't find it. Wolfgang. Um, Sid Scala. Who else from NXT UK? Let me pull it up. Um, can you think of any off the top of your head while I'm looking for it? <laughs> or the big names oh, I, I
1: remember for sure. Um,
0: it's. Uh, you did the, it, you, you said Wolfgang,
1: right? Sorry. I, I...
0: I got it right here. I got okay. it right here. So here's what we're left with with WWE Riddle, who we addressed, and then a bunch of. And Velveteen Dream, of course, who they pulled from TV and haven't even. Breathed his name. I think he's a, he's going to be gone. I
1: uh, yes. He's
0: uh, you know looking I, I from th-
1: afar. Yeah, it, it, it there's a lot of smoke there. A lot of smoke going on with the Velveteen Dream thing. And that, I mean, he's, he's and that's been bubbling for once. a long time. Yeah, it's been bubbling for a long time too. So
0: yeah, I mean, he he survived it once, and now there's more. And the mo is the same on all of the. If you've read through any of this right. stuff, oh, it's like much. it's like almost
1: templated, which is really yeah. kind of weird. And because cre- like you could say, oh, that you know, oh, that just made that, but like when you're seeing the same style of messages multiple times from multiple people and now you're like, ooh, okay. Yeah. That's not that's not good.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, like you're saying, it's almost templated and that's how these guys operate. Yeah. You know, these predators. But um so Riddle, I think Riddle's gonna survive. And again, none of these are value judgments. I'm just reading the landscape. Um I don't think Velvet. I think Velveteen Dream is done. I think they're just waiting to to be able to pin something concrete on them. Uh Devlin made one statement and has disappeared and I don't think they've made any public comment on Devlin uh, Wolfgang I haven't heard them make any public comment on Wolfgang uh, nor Sid Scala Joe Coffey suspended and they fired the two referees Joel Allen and Chris Roberts you know in addition to Banks Liguero, and Gallagher and since they had their NXT UK call with Triple H already I have to think they're done disciplining the NXT UK guys, unless there, you know, the investigations turn some new things up or there's some new accusations. So, you know, it looks like Joe Coffey's going to survive too, because why would they have suspended him and not fired him if, you know, unless they're still looking into things with him, which I guess is entirely possible. But they didn't take any step with Devlin or, or Wolfgang or Scala, um, you know. But that's what's going on. With WWE and AEW, you know, subscribers to the Everything Elite Patreon, I mean, they broke news on the AEW stuff that I haven't seen reported anywhere. I haven't read The Observer yet, so I don't know if The Observer has I, it.
1: Not either, yeah, so I can't say for sure.
0: But, you know, uh, they suspended Guvera for the, for the comment on the podcast, you know, without pay, gave his pay to a woman's charity. And Jimmy Havoc, you know, with the news broken on on everything elite is, you know, they put him into the rehab, which was the right thing to do. The man clearly has issues um, and he's going to retire. And it's like, you know, I've been saying all week long, Jimmy Havoc will never wrestle again. I mean, no one's going to book him. So it's like you can call it a retirement, you can call it whatever, but, you know. I don't know if he's gonna face any criminal charges for some of the things he's been accused of. Maybe he should. He probably should. But I think the best thing for Jimmy Havoc is to complete his rehab and get the fuck out of the public life. Yeah. I just you know, when when you when you read about the details of the accusations and it's not like in the case of Havoc, this stuff wasn't really a secret. You know, you know, maybe the particulars, but everybody knew that Havoc had a lot of problems long before last week. And, you know, you can praise AEW For avoiding Joey Ryan And, you know, it's well known at this point That Tony Khan was you know, was never a fan of Joey Ryan And and wasn't going to hire him No matter how many of his VPs were pushing for it I mean, and we were told that directly Joey Ryan was never going to work for AEW Yeah, even before,
1: yeah When all the rumblings were going on And it seemed so obvious that Joey Ryan was, was AEW bound And we were the ones saying, no don't
0: uh, yeah. Don't buy that one Which was reinforced last week But, I mean, you can praise them for dodging that bullet. You can praise them for maybe steering clear of David Starr. But, I mean, Jimmy Havoc was a mistake. It, you know, it's because it's not like this Jimmy Havoc stuff was ever like a closely guarded secret. I mean, you know, even fans knew that Jimmy Havoc had some sketchy shit. You know, a lot of it tied to his drinking, and that's not excusing him. Right. You know? But, and I, and I think that they handled that properly. Instead of just cutting the guy loose, you know, they're like, okay, you know what? We're going to help this guy get the help he needs. And then we're going to just wash our hands of him. Then we're going to wash our hands. Because, you know, by saying that, you know, that they were going to send him to rehab and then reevaluate later, you can read through those tea leaves. He was never wrestling for AEW again. I mean, he was, they were going to get him through rehab or at least attempt to do their best to try to help the guy out. From that standpoint, and then they were going to wash their hands of him. But it looks like he's taking the decision right out of their hands, anyway. And and he's going to retire. And Guevara, I mean, he'll be back, and he deserves to be back. I don't think Sammy Guevara deserves to be shunned. Um, he said a stupid thing. He said a you know edge lordy thing on an edge lordy podcast. And um, I obviously am not one to cast stones in that direction. I mean, you know, and and you know he deserved punishment, and I think he got fair punishment. And, you know, now the thing with Sammy Guevara is now there's there's no there's no leeway with him. He has to walk the straight and narrow now. Right, exactly. Now. Right, right. That's all. And that's fair. I mean, now he has to be on his best behavior and he has to prove and show that he's learned. And we've yeah. talked about Sammy Guevara for years. He had maturity issues on the Texas indie scene that we talked about on this show before half the people listening knew who he was. And he went through a, a period where he was blackballed and. You know, because he he said something stupid on Facebook, whatever it was, six years ago, or I don't don't remember what year it was anymore. When he was a rising star in the indie scene, that delayed his rise because he said something dumb on Facebook. um, Not similar to what he said with the Sasha thing, just something else dumb. Um, You know, he had said something really dumb about a fan who had died. And a fan slash someone who also kind of worked with a promotion. Um, a San Antonio promotion, River City Wrestling, um, and, and he and you know he was punished for that too, you know because no one you know he got blackballed for a little while and for about a year or so, and then you know he started getting booked again. So it, it, there have been maturity issues with Sammy Guevara all along the line. Wait, now that first issue he was like 20, you know. This time he was like, what was this, 2016? Uh, so uh,
1: 2016, he like,
0: yeah. It was like 22 or something when he said this, and I'm not again. it's not excusing. But, you know, people that are 20 and 22 say and do things that are stupid. I know I did.
1: Yeah, and he was a particularly um, and,
0: stupid young kid,
1: <laughs> well, like, as, as and mentioned. Like... Extra,
0: yes. Yeah, and, and I mean, and, and he would even cop to that, I think. And it's like, um, you know, I, I couldn't imagine being in the public eye and being a celebrity when I was in my early 20s. I mean, I've been canceled a million times in my 30s. I would have been canceled nine million times in my 20s. Forget it. So it's like, you know, I don't excuse, but I understand. And he doesn't deserve to be banished like some of these other We Rich, they're serial rapists. Right. And and I running was running around say, wrestling.
1: That, that one of the things I did want to, to address a little bit, you know, as I was kind of watching it, you know, play out from afar last week is seeing these, you know, master lists of oh, these are the bad people. And like seeing, you know, and I'm not excusing what any people, you know, listed on that, that list did or whatever, but there, there's definitely, like, there's lengths of, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there, there, there's, there's different levels of what people are doing. Just seeing a master list of people and being like, wait a minute, like, that person was just being like, you know, whatever. That person versus Joey Ryan. Like, they, they, don't, they don't deserve to be on a list next to Joey Ryan just because they've been mentioned at some point over the last, you know, two months. as, as, as Like, we're talking, like, legit, like, Joey Ryan should be in jail. Like Brandon Stroud should be in fucking jail, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Th- there's numerous people that are listed among this thing that should be in jail, and I hated seeing like just random people on that list of like, yeah, this guy was like creepy or something. And I'm like, okay, like we we really need to 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 I, I don't I'm not saying if to color code the list or whatever, but like it it, well, it just no, it, it rubbed me the wrong way this? just seeing a master list of 400 names or whatever and being like, wait, hold two of those like some of those people need to be in jail for what they've done, you know, versus I, I, some I, I, of these well, others
0: the problem is we don't need the lists i mean even the even the women coming out with their stories were very uncomfortable with the lists for some of the reasons you're saying and some other reasons too like a lot of the people putting together the lists maybe their hearts were in the right place but they were doing a really poor job i mean just putting names on there with unvetted stories and just people sending them random dms that's that shit is dangerous you know and it's like – and like you're saying, there are levels to this. Like Joey Ryan and Brandon Stroud in particular, those two, like you said, I mean, though they, they belong behind bars. I mean the stories coming out about those two guys are fucking heinous. Yeah. I don't even have words to describe. The Stroud
1: stuff is fucking un, un, unbearable. Oh like my I, I read one God, of it the other day and I just put put it by phone away and was just like, Jesus fucking Christ. I can't even believe what I'm reading.
0: Yeah, I mean – Yeah. I mean, I don't even have adjectives. I don't have words to describe some of the shit that those two in particular and some others, too. I mean, there's so many stories. It's easy to forget a lot of these. And it's like there is such a difference between what Brandon Stroud was doing to seemingly dozens of women. I mean, even if it was just one woman. I mean, the things he was doing were just they were pure evil, evil. You know, and and Joey Ryan was like reminiscent of Harvey Weinstein, like getting women into his hotel room and then assaulting them and in some cases raping them. I mean, that's Harvey Weinstein shit. And Harvey Weinstein is rightfully behind bars. You know, Joey Ryan belongs in prison. And I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but it should. And, you know, again, we talked earlier, patterns. There's a pattern with Joey Ryan. It's the Harvey Weinstein pattern. Do whatever it takes to get them into a hotel room and then do your worst. You know? And it's fucking gross. And, and, And Stroud too, and it's like, you're right, it's weird that see these lists with people like that next to someone who said a bad word on a podcast. Whether it was Sammy Guevara or whoever else or someone who you know flirted a little too aggressively in some text messages and wasn't picking up the hint mm-hmm. that the woman wasn't interested. I you know it, it, there's levels here. Not that any of it's acceptable, but there certainly are some levels in it and the li- that's why the lists were bad. Cuz you're lumping everyone together and people aren't always going to do research. They're not going to say, "Oh, what did so and so do?" and I don't even have a specific example. They're just going to see the name next to Joey Ryan and and tie everyone together like everyone's a serial rapist. You know? So I definitely hear you there. But um a lot of the lists though have faded because I think people kind of realized that they people were most people were very uncomfortable with the with the list. Yeah,
1: okay. That's good to know. At
0: least. It's one of them one of them came down because there were two different two or three different lists being uh generated and, and one of them the Twitter account was down very like within forty eight hours of it going up because I think there were just so many loose accusations being thrown, and then people lawyering up, you know um you know like Trent seven yeah he was, he
1: was the one that I definitely saw.
0: He is lawyered up, and look, I don't know enough about his accusations to speak about them, and I'm not going to do that, but he's just an example of some Matt riddle lawyered up and and there there's many examples Devlin appears that, to
1: have as well probably
0: which is why he's disappeared. Yeah. And it's like you, you start throwing people's names on lists. And if, if some of them have legitimate counters to these stories, they're going to lawyer up and come after you, which is why that one Twitter account disappeared. And that list disappeared. There's a couple others floating around, but you even have accusers saying, Hey, pump the brakes on these lists. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's a little irresponsible to be lumping everyone together, but you know, impact, um, I don't know if they've taken further action since Monday when I talked about it, but, you know, Dave Christ is gone. Elgin is gone. Now, Elgin's weird because the statement didn't really say that they were firing him. Yeah, but he's all...
1: removed from future programming, I think, is the statement that they made. So,
0: But he's, for all intent and purpose, he's gone. I mean, I even think he thinks he's gone. Um, Joey Ryan, obviously. that that would... He's
1: done. I mean, if, if Joey Ryan will never wrestle again.
0: Joey Ryan is done. Um, he should be in prison. Uh, Brandon Stroud is done. You know, obviously he's never going to get a platform again and he should be in prison. I mean, there's so many stories about Brandon Stroud that it's like, there's just no plausible deniability. I mean, it's just, and and the stories are just, and remember that stuff's been kind of floating out there, but never to this. I don't think any of us imagined, like, obviously I'm here in Texas and I know a lot of people who are friends with the guy and he's no stranger to being a topic of conversation on this show. And, you know, we're not here to dig up petty grudges because it would be a real bad look to do that.
1: Right. I, I do want to address that real quick because we had a lot of people being like, yeah, do it. You know, say – because Brandon Trout had obviously, and we had a very public feud with him. But, like, in this case, when there's legit, like, actual victims of Brandon Stroud, I don't feel right being like, yeah, we won, Joe. Like, we showed him. Like, nobody won in this case because there's yeah, I mean, terrible – there's victims that are under – like – dealt with just fucking horrendous things from this guy, so it's they like rape,
0: we fucking rape people, I know I can't be
1: like, yeah, we showed him Joe. we won the war, like I'm not gonna do that because yeah there's 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 victims of his he hands al- crimes. A- yeah. he
0: allegedly drugged and raped people, right. I'm not gonna high five you over <laughs> right, you
1: know? yeah that that that's very poor form, so no, and, I know and, and, a lot of people are asking are right, and and i I get it they're coming from a, a a good place, but yeah we're we're not gonna do that show where we. Say, hey, we told you, show Brandon was a weirdo and we said it and we won the war. Like, not when there's victims of heinous crimes like like he perpetrated. So, yeah, no way.
0: And him allegedly drugging and raping people is like the tip of the fucking iceberg. Oh, that's not, you. yeah,
1: that's half of it. The fucking yeah, quarter I mean, of it, I should say.
0: And, and every time I turn around, there's a new one on him. He, it's like Joey Ryan at one point had 16 different specific allegations oh and God. people stopped keeping track. 16 at one point. There's probably more now. I mean Joey Ryan basically every woman he came into contact with he attempted to rape or assault I I mean it's 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 mind blowing and and with Stroud you know there's just more and more stories and they're all one is more heinous than the next these allegations and um you know I'm not going to sit here and high five you because you know he got on our case for unmasking an ant it's just not but you know the the story about him, you know, at Inspire Pro Wrestling, jacking photos off of a of a, off of a woman's phone while she was either wrestling in a match or he was trusted to keep an eye on the phone. However, the story goes was kind of a sign that there was something going on with this right. guy. When yeah, we thought were,
1: that was weird. We were like, "What a weirdo! What a creep! What a bad who, guy!" Who, yeah, <laughs> who, who what knew what the ex-
0: who knew what the extent of it was? I mean, and like I was starting to say, I mean, I've talked to people from Austin, who knew him. Now look, I've had, I have had I have people, I have had friends in Texas, you know, wrestlers, whoever else, telling me for years that they knew this guy was no good. And they stayed away from him and told people to stay away from him. But again, and I've talked to people this week from Austin who knew him and worked with him and were close with him and were friends with him, but none of them had any inkling it was that bad you know it's like it's similar to what Meltzer said about the people close to Joey Ryan who were like it's like and I know a lot of people say well how do you not know well I don't know I mean I don't know what all my friends are doing you know it's like I think we all know people who we think might be a little creepy and it wouldn't necessarily shock us if it turned out that they were, you know, doing something illegal or, 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 or horrible. But, like, I don't know. Like, Rich, what if you got accused of something, you know, Jeez. super heinous or or, 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 or I did? <laughs> Gosh, it's like, no, but I'm saying, like, how? <laughs> right. I? I don't know what you do. You know, I have no idea what you do. Right. You know, like, it's the like,
1: extent of what we talk is like we get on the show here and for five minutes before we get on and, and, and talk. You're not like, hey – Rich, what you do last night, or hey, what were you doing? Like, we don't text each other on that level. We don't know each other on that level. So yeah, I, I honestly have no fucking clue what you do Monday through Thursday most weeks. You, you know, like I have no idea. And I, even if I kind of assume we, what I think, you know, I know what you do, but I don't know. Yeah, I have no clue.
0: And even if we did, like, I still don't know what you do. It, what fucking like everyone has skeletons in their closet, and but some of some of those skeletons are are you're a fucking serial rapist, and some of them are, you know, fucking mundane. But I I have no idea what your skeletons are. You know, how am I supposed – it's like – so I don't don't know from that aspect too. Like I don't know if it's right to just hold people's feet to the fire because they knew somebody or they were even friends with somebody because the people I talked to had no clue the extent of the shit. And believe me, I've heard the whispers and, you know, about – some of the things that people thought Stroud has been doing throughout the years because I know people who know him, but none of them ever approached this stuff is what I'm trying to get yeah. at. Like so you know it's just um, yeah I mean and, and, and years ago, um, you know which which started our lovely relationship that we have with the fine people over at Reddit, yeah, I made that I, I mistakenly because I underestimated the power of Twitter. And I made that tweet on my personal account that a big story was going to break in wrestling. And, you know, that was the Brandon Stroud phone thing with Inspire. right? And the reason I made that tweet on my personal account was because, okay, I have a wrestling account with, you know, however many followers we had. We got like 15,000 followers or whatever where, you know – We talk about wrestling and wrestling news. If I had a legitimate like huge story, why wouldn't I have tweeted it on our wrestling account, right? That was what I was trying to say at the time. Like I tweeted it on my personal account because it was a big – because I underestimated the power of Twitter. And I was just trying to talk – I was just trying to send a tweet out to my friends and people in Texas. You know, It was a big story in that context, right? But what I underestimated was that there were people following me who knew me from this show – and as a fucking Z-list wrestling personality or whatever, or, or, or pundit, and they ran with it, posted it on Twitter. But that was the big story, that Brandon Stroud, who was a rising star at Uprocks, very high-profile match reviewer and all those sorts of things, involved with Inspire Pro Wrestling, was about to go down because of this creepy phone thing that happened because the, I had heard the whispers and I was like, this is about the break. I never meant for it to be. I had Dave Meltzer emailing me. What did you hear? Was it something about John Cena? <laughs> <laughs>
1: right, <laughs> I remember that. Everybody was like...
0: And and I'm like, Dave, it's not. It's like this thing that just spiraled out of control because I, I underestimated the power of my little personal Twitter account that had like 300 followers. Rich, I had 900 followers within like an hour of the tweet, and it just spiraled out of control. But you know, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but all I meant the big, the quote unquote big story was Brandon Shroud phone scandal with it, with Inspire. Um, so at the end of the day, like I guess my big story did come to fruition. It just took five years, but um, that's all I meant by that. Like if I had a legitimate big wrestling story, I would have fucking tweeted it from the Voice's wrestling account because then people were like, oh. He's just looking for attention. Tweeting something like <laughs> you're doing the to, opposite. Yeah. <laughs> if I was looking for attention, I would have tweeted it from the account that actually that people follow. I wouldn't have tweeted it from my little dopey account, you know. So that that never made sense either. It's just you know, as a mistake on my part because I just underestimated you, you know, I guess how people take what I say, and you know, I tried to just do it on my own account I didn't think it would get attention but it did but anyway that's that's what that was all about however many years ago that was but um and I guess uh uh in terms of some other companies I mean Lagana, canned well, well he resigned he resigned yeah. mm-hmm. um you know from the NWA and, and that's um from a just a wrestling perspective for the NWA um they've got a lot of holes to fill because he was doing everything you know the thing about it is, like, you can get anybody to book. Like, booking is, like, the easiest hole to fill, you know? Not saying that anyone can book well. That's definitely not the case. I think but you can,
1: yeah, you can – yeah, you could just book. get a guy on the roster and throw him a, a notebook and say, all right, you book now. <laughs> it might suck, but he could do it. I
0: mean, got, I mean Corgan could book if he yeah, wanted to. Yeah, I mean, I it, it, anyone could book.
1: Tim Storm could do it. You know, any vet, anybody who's been in the business a long enough time could probably do it if they needed
0: to. Who, yeah, them. whoever has a, a – you know, wants to put in the, the work that it takes – because um, it's not easy to book, you know, a show like that where you're taping six, seven, eight weeks at once, and you're laying out, and you're building to a pay per view, and that's actually harder to me than booking week to week to do it all ahead of time. Like, but all of the other things that Logano was responsible for, so I think you know the NWA show is it is in, isn't isn't some trouble here i mean yeah. they have a oh, lot it was of whole- as,
1: as much of a one-man show as you could possibly have i mean lagana was literally filming everything editing everything releasing everything posting on the twitter posting on the youtube doing you know like like short of you know yeah like you said short of maybe funding it it was pretty much all lagana at that point so that that is a whole that like i don't know that you can just say all right uh you know Storm, you know, go edit the the the, the weekly show, and he's like, "What? No, I don't know how to do that. Are you kidding? Like, like that? It's gonna be just picking that up, just picking that up from where it was left off. I I, like honestly, I'm kind of with you. I don't think it'll ever come back. I, I just don't. I don't know how you just pick that up. I don't know how you just one day go, okay, we're back, and just have somebody that's ready to go. I mean, all that shit is unless. I don't know. Yeah. Like knowing, knowing video production on on my end in my life or whatever, like I couldn't, you know, if I left my job, I couldn't just straight up give somebody, you know, my files and go, okay, there you go. Like there, there's, there's a certain, you know, art form to it. There's a certain, you know, way that you went about it. There's a certain like a workflow that you had. There's, you know, all that sort of stuff that I don't know that you could just hand it over to some person and say, okay, now you go and you do it. Like you could with booking, like you said. So I, I, I don't know what's going to happen there. I don't know if it'll happen.
0: And it'll all change too, because his fingerprints were on everything. I mean, he was the driving force behind everything: the ten pounds of gold, the yeah. TV show, the video production. I know they have other people involved, like Josephus does some things. I mean, I think Josephus, if I recall, is is very much involved in sort of the um, the spoof television commercials and things like that, um, which kind of matches brain if you think about it, because yeah. he's kind of an out there guy, and those things are kind of zany. So I mean, there's other people there that, you know, part of their office or whatever. But that, you know, that it's tricky for them to recover, and it's almost like now the COVID almost works in their favor a little because they have time to figure it out and put new people in charge of new things and and whatnot. And Logana did defend himself; he put out a statement. Look, all of these people have a right to defend themselves, right? And then you have a right to tell them to, to you you have the right to continue to tell them to fuck off, but if you so choose, but they all have a right to defend themselves. That That's one thing, you know, and, and some have done better jobs than others. I mean, I don't know how you feel about the Mike Quackenbush 13-minute video. Oh, Jesus Um Christ.
1: Perfectly I mean, Quackenbush, I could say. Like, I, I expected nothing less from uh, an absolute psychopath like like Mike Quackenbush, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's the you know, and cuts. I guess... You're doing
1: cuts, <laughs> What are you doing? Uh, but he's a fucking psychopath. So I'm not surprised. I mean, it's exactly what I expected a Mike Quackenbush apology video to look like. So, I mean, he's a worker. He's always going to be a worker.
0: Years ago, I was doing research for a big Mike Quackenbush piece, and we never pulled the trigger on it because people wouldn't put their names on things, and I couldn't get things double sourced. And it's like, who are we? We have this dopey little website. Do we really want to incur the wrath of lawyers? And it's not worth it, right? So, it's like, yeah, I had to be careful. I dip my toes in like real journalism, and we just aren't in a position to uh you know there there's much bigger websites than us that stay away from stories because they're just afraid of litigation or whatever the case may be, and it's it was weird because reading a lot of the accusations against Chikara and against Quackenbush last week, like I know where they came from because I. I communicated with these people, and they shared their stories with me years ago, and it's like I just – we had to sit on
1: a yeah, lot of it. I, I, people people and, don't understand how it works in, in – in, especially any, – really any form of journalism in, in, in a case. Like if you're the Washington Post or whatever, before you do a story or before you even start exploring a story – that's even in this realm of like, hey, this person did criminal stuff, or this person did this or whatever. You have a team of people, uh, the legal team or whatever. We we don't have a fucking legal team, you know what I mean? We have like yeah, ten I- lawyers that write for us, but not enough to say, hey, uh, if shit goes down, are you gonna like, you know, you gonna defend us? They're probably like, no, get out of here, like, just don't do. And like, we're not in that position to say, you know what, Joe, fuck it, let's do it. We need to report this. We need to do this. Without knowing that, like, it could fucking financially sink you and I. Because it's like, you know, I I don't want to get into that. I really don't. Like and And you tried your best, like you really did, you got as far as you could before it was like all right look do i do I really want to swim in, 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 in this pond? do I really want to to incur this sort of wrath or whatever and And like you said there's bigger websites than us that still don 't even try to do that just because unless you have that backing, unless you really, truly can afford it or 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 you know you have legal backing or you have all that sort of stuff, you just can 't go out there and throw stuff out without really 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 having that 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 you know that stabilization of of, of You know, a a legal team or a lawyer or whatever. So,
0: David Bixenspan talks about this all the time. He said, you know, with Deadspin, he had the security and the knowledge that he'd have backup if 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 shit was going to hit the fan. You know, and like you're saying, stories being vetted and whatnot. And it's like it's harder to write things independently or freelance or for your own websites when you don't have that insurance, you know, backing you up or a legal team backing you up or people who know what they're talking about reading through your work and saying you can say this but you can't say this you can't clue this where did you get this who told you this so it, you know it, this is a problem well not a problem but this is just a process that's way above our heads mm-hmm. and affects sites way bigger than ours but so a lot of the quack bush stuff and this isn't just us patting ourselves on the back a lot of his stuff was known too and in his case I don't think it's like I don't think people are viewing him as a monster in the same light as, like, a Joey Ryan, but certainly his reputation and the carefully crafted sort of persona that he's built for himself and his company were completely shattered.
1: Right, right. That, I, I don't put cool. him on the heinous level that, like, Joey Ryan and, and, and Brian Stroud were. I do put him on the, the manipulative psycho path. You know, and those are hey. different, I think. I don't think he's a heinous person, but I think he's a very calculated person he's a very you know yeah his evil ish you know what i mean like not not to the same extent of like that guy needs to be behind bars but just like my god look at how long this man you know kind of tricked people worked with people groomed people manipulated people that sort of stuff you know whatever term you want to use for that that's yeah. where I kind of put Quackenbush versus like you know your Joey Ryan's and 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 Brandon Strouds or whatnot.
0: So yeah, I, I just think his his personality was so carefully crafted too, like his whole persona, and I think that was all you know and 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 it fooled a lot of people. And you know we we have running bits about Chikara, and and you know we had that piece we were going to do, and and we've we we kind of stopped. We we were at one time covering Chikara, and I think both of us at different points in time were Chikara fans. And the promotion just drifted away from what we like in pro wrestling. But it's like – with all of that said, I do genuinely feel bad for Chikara fans because that was a carefully crafted world that was a lot different than anything else in wrestling with very intricate storylines and a lot of emotional buy-in, right?
1: Oh, you were, you were, when you were a Chikara fan, you were – invested in every aspect of Chikara, every person that worked for Chikara, every wrestler, every person that, that did anything in the company, you, you the ethos of, of Chikara you bought into. That's because you had to. That was the point of the... the like, we can say all the time, you know, we like, you know, Evolve or whatever. We like Gabe Sapolsky, but we like because of his booking. Like, nothing against Gabe, but like, I'm not going to jump off a fucking cliff if Gabe tells me to. But like, Chikara fans, that what you had to buy in 100%. You had to buy into Mike Quackenbush's vision for pro wrestling. And the art form yeah. of pro wrestling and the art form that Chikara offered. And, yeah, you, were, you had to be all invested in, in the seasons. It was a, a, a television show more so than, you know what I mean? Like, they, they did seasons. They had season finales. They had season premieres. They had, you know, that sort of stuff. So it, it was a different animal in that sense. And, yeah, you had to buy in 100%. If you were going to be a Chikara fan, you had to invest in every aspect of Chikara. And invest in what it was, what it was speaking about, and what it was doing, and and how it represented people, and how it represented wrestling. Like it wasn't just a company that you could say, "Hey, yeah, Chikara's is cool." Like I, I tried to do that, but you really, those, those fans that you're talking about, those deep Chikara fans, they were invested in every single aspect of that entire company.
0: And just with the intricate storytelling and um, very detail oriented, and everything matters, and and you know, again, a lot of emotional buy-in, and like you're saying, sort of the. Um, a promotion that was carefully crafted for a different kind of fan, and it's just, and I do feel bad for those fans to some extent because we take it for granted because we're so we're so inside with all a lot of this stuff, and sometimes you know a lot of people just buy tickets to wrestling shows and don't think about wrestling again until they buy a ticket to their next wrestling show, and. I do think that there are probably a a lot of Chikara fans who had no idea that there were quiet whispers about the cult-like atmosphere and about Mike Quackenbush and on all of that, because they just, you know, they watched their, uh, you know, uh, YouTube videos and they, and they bought tickets to their shows and they followed the storylines. And that was the extent of their, of their, of their fanhood, you know, and it's, and, 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 and yeah, there were probably a lot of Chikara fans who were deep into the weeds like us and, and and suspected that this day could come. Rich, we knew this day was coming. We always knew this day was coming. It was just a matter of when. You know, and this and last week was just the perfect storm for everything to come out. But, you know, Chikara is now dead. And Mike Quackenbush has removed himself as the coach of the uh what wrestle factory? What does he call his school? Right? I um not for I guess. Who cares? But, yeah. Um you know, here's the thing about Quackenbush, and again, this is not a Joe Lanza value judgment. I don't think he's done in wrestling. I get the vibe there will be a Mike Quackenbush return in some form. I just I see the reaction to his apology, and while a lot of people are completely shitting on it, um, for like you're saying, like he did a 13 minute apology that was that was basically shot and edited like like a YouTube fucking roast video with jump cuts and just weird. You know, and and he's using his uh, promo voice. And man, if you're gonna apologize, on just sit down Be in front a of fucking the camera. human
1: being for two seconds. But I don't think yeah. he is. Like, I, he's one of those. You know, and it happens all the time in, in in entertainment or whatever. Like, I don't know if Mike Quackenbush knows who the real Mike. I, I don't know if there is a real Mike Quackenbush. You know what I mean? Like, I think he, he, he's I don't know. using his
0: he's using his "How We Make It" voice, yeah, right? Right. Inflection. You know, and it's like I don't know, man. But there's a lot of people who thought he came off very sincere and cop to everything and took ownership. Um, And and I just – I don't know. I don't know, man. I have a feeling he survives. I think due to uh, the level of allegations towards other people sort of making his look small in comparison and the fact that I think a lot of people bought into his apology – and the fact that he's got, you know, despite the shattered, rep- see, I don't think he'll ever be the bastion of of woke wrestling hood. That he no, was that's before. probably done. That's probably, that's over. Should be that's Hopefully. over forever. <laughs> that's hope, yeah. yeah, that's done forever because he's broken that. Look, none of us bought it to begin with, and the people who did no longer buy it and trust it. So that's over. You know, he if he does something moving forward in wrestling, he can't be the the bastion of of the good fans. You know, he can't be that anymore because uh, those fans don't don't no longer trust him. And quite honestly, those fans don't trust anybody in wrestling. I think this ends that for wrestling for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, between David Starr and Mike Clackenbush, who, you know, a lot of people were side-eyeing the two of them anyway. But for the people who bought into both of their rhetorics, I mean, the, you know, there's a lot of people who are going to be done with wrestling, period. And there's a lot of people who are never going to trust wrestlers for a very long time when it comes to those sorts of issues. Yeah, just, and,
1: and, and and sorry, I'll, I'll finish your point that I had one thing real quick. And, Joey,
0: and I was just gonna say Joey Ryan, no small extent too, but I but Joey Ryan, I think nobody bought his woke routine. I mean, I think we all realized a guy who has you know gotten over by having people touch his dick is being a little disingenuous when it comes to you know I am I am you know a bastion of uh, of of uh, you know quality progressive behavior i
1: think you'd be surprised at how many people actually thought that that was (laughs) good you know what i mean like because because it was so intergender too and and it's kind of the same stuff we always like you know again people that listen to this show you and i i don't think we ever thought that joey ryan having a bunch of women wrestlers grab his dick every day was like good but you know (laughs) i think you're underestimating how many people thought that you know that showed progression right. or whatever. But yeah. uh, the, the one thing you mentioned, like, the, the, you know, the, the wrestling fans, the, you know, the, oh, my God, you know, this person's, you know, I, 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 you know, that person's woke or that person does it right or that sort of stuff. Those fans being gone and, and, and maybe never coming back is definitely one thing. You had mentioned this. I don't know if you actually said it on, on Twitter or if you said it during your Monday uh, news recap. But I think what one of the big things that's going to come out of this, and I think it's probably ultimately a good thing. That comes out of this awful, awful week and this all this horrible activity and horrible behavior by everybody is, and it's something we've talked about for a long time too. The relationship of fans and wrestlers for a long time, and I know a lot of the, I know a lot of the accusations are, you know, trainer to to to, to student or, or or wrestler to you know authority figure that sort of stuff, but there is a lot of like fan to wrestler stuff in here as well, and like some of that aspect of the fan to wrestler stuff is never going to go away. That is as old as as, as wrestling has ever been is, is, you is, is right. Wrestlers are going to, you know, uh, be attracted to fans. Fans are going to be attracted to wrestlers. That is always going to be an aspect of pro wrestling. There is nothing you're going to be able to do to shut that down in any That's entertainment That's an aspect field, of
0: entertainment. Yeah.
1: yeah sports, uh, concerts, music, uh, anything. The fans are going to want to, you know, engage in activities with the, uh, the performers and the performers are going to be, more than willing to oblige with that uh, on certain levels. That is never going away. But as you- and, and listen, oh, and, and, and
0: very quickly, not to cut you off, but if you're a single man and they're a single woman and you're engaging in consensual acts after the game or the show or the event or whatever – there's nothing wrong with that either, and I don't think you're saying that there is. But I just wanted to make that clear before people, you know, right, uh, right, clip right. your audio and try to make you out like a monster. Yeah, but exactly. Go ahead.
1: Right, right. But but I think one aspect that you've always talked about is the, the relationship of oh we're friends with the wrestlers. You know, people on Twitter yeah. are, are we're friends with the wrestlers, or you know, the wrestler comes out after the show and he's hanging out with the fans and doing that sort of stuff, and we're you know we're buddy buddy or yeah I'm fr- like that. I do wonder if maybe wrestlers are going to think twice about that if fans should maybe think twice about that and and maybe we go back to an aspect where you're still going to have your post show this guy that girl this this woman that guy you know what I mean like that stuff is always going to be there but i do wonder if the were buddy buddy were on the same level I'm playing this character, you're my fan, like, let's hang out, let's, I do wonder if that starts to get broken down a little bit, where wrestlers maybe say, you know what, nah, I don't want to get involved with, you know, people after the show, I don't want to go to a post-show bar, I don't want to do that sort of stuff, and maybe fans say, you know what, no, these guys, they're fucking wrestlers, but they're not my friend, you know, I'll come and watch them perform their art, but I don't really want to hang out with them after the show, because I frankly don't trust them, and... I I do wonder if we start to see that a little bit more because over the last few years and and Twitter and social media has caused a lot of that as well, where those those barriers have been broken down and wrestlers and fans have become sort of one. We're all in this together type thing. And I do wonder if it goes back to you're paying a ticket to see me perform and that's it. That's where our relationship ends is you pay your twenty dollars. You sit down, you cheer, you boo, you do whatever, and then you're done and I'm done. And that's it. That's the extent of our relationship.
0: Well, listen. You and I have talked about merch table culture for how many years now? And we've approached it from the aspect of it, without question, lessens the star power of these wrestlers. Merch table. When I talk about merch table culture, I'm talking about 30 seconds after your match, you're wearing basketball shorts and you're at the table selling your t-shirts. And I get that that's a huge chunk of their income. I understand that. And this is why, Rich, we said... We can't put the toothpaste back in the tube with this, right? Because merch has become such a big chunk of what these wrestlers are making. And in a lot of cases, wrestlers will take bookings well under value because they know in a particular promotion they're going to sell a lot of t shirts. And, but I do, we have always approached it from well, it, it makes these guys come across as less of a star, you know, on the indie level because. We go back to the days of ROH. I go all the way back to ECW in terms of live shows. And, Rich, how many times did you see Samoa Joe mingling with fans at an ROH show? Yeah, how many times? Zero. Yeah. No, the answer no. is zero. How many times did you see Brian Danielson mingling around with fans zero, at, at an no, ROH? Whatever. I mean, it just wasn't merch table culture didn't exist then. And the stars understood how to remain stars was the first time you saw Brian Danielson at an ROH show is when you know, final countdown hit for the main event. That's the first time you laid eyes on him. I mean, and you know, this doesn't have anything to do with speaking out, but we've, we've had, we've talked about this a million times. A merch table culture has killed star power on the indie scene, but what it has done is it has enhanced this idea that you're friends with the wrestler because yeah, they're going to chat you up at the table. And I'm not saying they're always disingenuous. There's a lot of friendly yeah. oh, sure. wrestlers out there who are good guys, you know, who, who love talking to the fans and, but as we now know, there were also many Predators who were grooming fans. Well, and we're using that up.
1: that merch table as a way to, to get you into their whatever, yeah. their sphere, and, whatever you want to say. you know.
0: And people are going to say we're victim-blaming, and and we're not. And you could say that all you want, but you're wrong. But it's like merch table culture has perpetuated a lot of this. and I, And, and after-party culture. Why are you – I mean after-parties have got to go. They've got to go at least for a little while in light of all of this. I mean, you've got promotions charging fans money to attend parties with wrestlers after shows. In some cases, charging money so that these fans can go to these parties and then you know these wrestlers can all attempt to fuck them. That's what's going on at these after parties in a lot of cases. And listen, after last week, you can't tell me I'm wrong. I have the high ground right now. Maybe in a month I won't. Maybe in six months a year. But right now I have the high ground in this discussion. That's what these after parties were, especially a lot of the ones in 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 Europe, as we now know. These were orchestrated events, so the wrestlers could attempt to fuck women, and in some cases women that were minors, as 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 you know as young as sixteen. Which I get some of the local laws; it wasn't technically illegal. Okay, but. If you're a 35 year old man fucking a 16 year old, legal or illegal, we I have an issue there, and 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 in a lot of cases that's what these after parties were, and and look, you know, I talked to someone who I consider a friend who lives in Europe, who was saying, look, it's not the same as the United States. A lot of these indie shows and these promotions, we all live in the same town, and we're all the same age, and it's just different because. You know, you work with these people, you went to school with them, you you know, the show's over, you, you go to the after party, and then you see them around town, and it's just closer knit. It's not like in the United States where it's so spread out, and, 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 and you know, we have to understand that too. The culture's a little different there, but I do think that we've got to pump the brakes on the after – look, I have no problem with after parties, after wrestling shows. How about just with the wrestlers and the crew? Why are fans at these things to begin with, right? And especially now, okay, I I think it's a bad look. Am I pearl clutching a little? Maybe. I don't know. That's for the listener to decide. But if I'm running an indie promotion, I could tell you that there are going to be no more promotion-sponsored after parties with my shows ever right. again. Yeah. If, if that, my crew, if
1: I, what I'm doing is my crew and, and, and the wrestlers want to go to a bar. Cool. I'm calling that bar and saying, Hey, our guys are coming. Shut down the back room for my crew. You know what I mean? Like, let's I'm
0: not r- even, I'm, I'm telling you right now, me, I'm, if I'm running an indie promotion after parties are dead after in light of what's been going on, at least for the time being, they're just, they're dead. You know, they're just got, and I'm going to tell you another thing I do. If I'm running an indie promotion, main events over bell rings, Every fan is to be escorted out of the building before a single wrestler comes out from the back. Because that mingling around after the show and, and, and that shit has just got to stop now for a while. And, you know. And, and it's just – and if you're a wrestler, get the fuck out of fans' DMs. Stop. Yeah. Right. Just stop. What are you doing? OK? It's just it, – it, it, and, and this I, – I call it merch table culture. It has to stop. Because it has clearly spiraled out of control. You know, and it's just, uh, you know, you we. I don't trust the wrestling business anymore when it comes to this stuff.
1: Yeah, and that's I, one thing I do want to, because I, I did see you taking some flack on, on Twitter last week, too, when you were talking about why are we still training minors. In wrestling and and, and some people took that as you saying it's the minor's fault for you know getting no yeah and that's such horseshit Uh, what what, what, it's obviously clear to all of us that the solution is to stop raping people (laughs) yes of course nobody is arguing that of course but that is such a a, just a basic boilerplate thing to say
0: surface level shit stop raping
1: children yeah no fucking shit of course that's the easy way to solve this issue of course
0: I say if I say maybe we shouldn't uh, book miners anymore and your comeback is well maybe we should get rid of the abusers you're saying nothing. Yes. Okay. Don't you realize that you're saying nothing? That's an empty sentiment. you it's just an empty platitude that means nothing. Because we all agree that we need to get rid of the abusers. It means nothing what you're saying. You're saying words that that equal zero when you say that. We all that's the baseline. That does that shouldn't need to be said. Every time we try to come up with a solution for this stuff, we shouldn't have to preface it with, well, we need to get rid of the abusers, but we can also, no, we all agree we need to get rid of the abusers. That's baseline, like Rich just said. So, yeah, and I will not back down from that stance. No, and, and, and I think that's, not I, think you're,
1: you're, I think you're 100% right on that, that, That too. And I was, I think Jordan Grace was one that that talked about it, and she'd obviously been a, a, a you
0: know. Rita Scott.
1: Yeah, okay. yeah. So there, there were quite a few that that backed you up. I know Dan Barry was actually an interesting conversation. He initially started to kind of argue, but you know, to to his credit, started to listen a little bit and said, "Oh, you know, ultimately, I I, I do agree." You know with what Can you're i a second? For, yeah, yeah. For go seven. ahead, because that was actually I, I, I enjoyed that. I that was a nice conversation. So
0: I don't mean to keep cutting you off. Yeah, no, it's fine. Anyway.
1: No, it's a, it's, a, it's a, we're, this is an interesting conversation. This is you know, it's just flowing and here.
0: Every person who came at me for saying that maybe minors don't belong in pro wrestling until there's some fucking regulations until the wrestling
1: overstay. can actually fucking regulate itself you know because just... i
0: wrestling cannot has proven that it cannot <laughs> yeah regulate we can
1: wrestling can't handle it anymore so now we need to do something else about it so
0: anyone who came at me for that with the victim blaming stuff or, or or the critique or you're taking away children's dreams or whatever the fuck like i give a fuck about that okay if you're 16 years old and your dream is to be a pro wrestler it's not going to kill you to wait 14 months okay it, it really isn't okay and and it, it, they've proven I can't. But the point here is, anyone who's come at me with that, who then, Rich, how many times did I say, "Hey, listen, you're coming at me. How about we have a conversation?" And then when I talked to these people, and we had a series of tweets, we all came to the. We're all on the same side here, you know. And the Dan Berry conversation was was a perfect example of that. He came at me guns blazing because we're all tense right now and we hate what's going on. But then. We exchanged some ideas, and at the end of the day, we were in agreement. You know, And it's like we're all on the same side. We got to do something here. It can't just be the status quo. You know, I won every single person over who challenged me on that to some level. Maybe they were still iffy on the idea of completely keeping the, the minors out, but they at least saw where I was coming from, and it's from a good place. Okay, Where else with no oversight and regulation can children just commingle with adults in this sort of environment? It doesn't exist, Rich. People were just making such horrible examples. Oh, well, then why let kids play sports? Well, here's the thing. Kids play sports with people their own age and people their own sex. It's not co-ed. Your you're, you're eight, you're, you're right, eight, eight is out there. But your 15-year-old daughter doesn't play soccer with a 37-year-old man. That's the difference. In an unregulated environment. Where and, and, and where they're being physical with each other on top of everything else. Let's put abuse aside. Let's put sexual abuse aside. Why are children taking bumps at 15, 16 years old and getting concussions, low-grade concussions, which we know they're getting from pro wrestling, from taking bumps? This is your topic, Rich. You've been talking about oh, it yeah, for years. Absolutely. More dangerous than the, than the full-on concussions. Are these repeated low – why are we doing that to not – to unfully formed fucking brains and bodies to begin with outside of abuse? What other sport or activity? And I'm sure some will come up – but how many other sports or activities are there where it's a completely unregulated environment that we're sending our children into with adults? Okay? There's child labor laws for a reason. Do those do child labor laws intersect with wrestling in any way, shape, or form? Can I book a 16-year-old on a pro wrestling show tomorrow and hold that show at 10 o'clock at night and put that kid in the semi-main event at 1230? Who's the, who can stop me from doing that? In a locker room full of sexual predators? Being trained by God knows who, who has no accreditation or uh, no background check? Anyone could be a wrestling trainer as it stands now. I've been wrestling for six years and I'm a fucking creep and I've got gigabytes of kitty porn on my computer. I can go be a wrestling. No one's gonna stop me.
1: Yeah, there's one that's still doing it. I just got an email from uh, from him yesterday. So God, it, it's in like, Florida, <laughs> good old friend that still survives everything and, and keeps on going on. And
0: yeah, it, at least he's known. You're talking about Chasing Rants. Yeah,
1: right, right. <laughs> Who hasn't stopped at all? It's like yeah, this guy's a fucking creep, and he's like yeah, all you right, cool. What,
0: you know what though, with Rants, at least he's known. And he's and, and his shit is on like public record. And if you send your kid there like Izzy, you're a fucking psychopath. OK, but at least you know what you're getting into. There's hundreds of other scenarios where no one knows what they're getting into. Right. How can we just let anyone train pro wrestlers with no certification, no oversight, no regulations? And then, oh, by the way, people tell me it's OK to keep sending kids there. Are you fucking out of your minds? Until there's oversight and regulation, shut down the minors. No training, no booking. It isn't going to kill these kids to wait till they're adults. And then, look, we got to draw a line somewhere. You want to make a decision once you're legally an adult? I, I'm, I am not going to step in and stop you. But isn't it our job as a society to protect our most vulnerable, to protect children from making bad choices? Isn't that our job? Am I, Am I really this wildly off base on this? I mean, it's just, you know, especially after what we saw last week and you're still going to advocate and say
1: that you still have faith that these these older men are going to be able to be handling minors and have no issue whatsoever. And that's the thing where, 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 you know, yes, we all agree that the the best thing to happen was be the abusers stop abusing, of course, or the abusers go away and they never come back. Yes. But that is probably a lot harder than we think it is because there are still hundreds of people that have not been named, hundreds of people that are ready to, you know, like, that. that is almost going to be a never-ending cycle. But if we stop giving them easy access to minors, there's a good chance that we'll hopefully start soon weeding them out and then the abusers won't come And They just don't have the easy access to abuse, you know what I mean? Like, and, and it sucks. Like, it sucks that they're probably, like you said, th- th- there are dreams that will be dashed or whatever but you know what let's wait two fucking years for your dream to start because like i i'm with you i don't trust the wrestling business anymore if i had a 16 year old kid i'd say fuck no you're not going to a training school with some 38 year old dude that i know nothing about you're not like just straight up you're not going to do that so it's you know it, 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 it 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 happens in all walks of life too if similar with the catholic church like yeah it'd be great if priests stopped raping you know halter boys but that didn't happen, and it wasn't going to happen overnight. And and it's taken quite a while for that to even start weeding itself out. But what it needed first was, was you know, oversight, rules, you know, looks, you know, uh, investigations, that sort of stuff. And that's where we're at right now. But the f- easiest thing we can do right now in, in, in the short term is say, okay, look, let's not give these actu- fucking predators access to 15- and 16-year-olds, you know, while they're still, you know, growing and developing and all that sort of stuff. And we take that access away, and then we'll, we'll work on the other steps, too. What, the Speaking out was a great start a great start to the whole movement let's go one step further and then we'll keep going and keep going and keep going and then hopefully in due time we can start trusting this wrestling business again because right now you can't fucking trust it. and anybody who still still trusts the wrestling business oh it's okay i'll, I'll send my 15 year old daughter to go get trained by some guy like dude you're you're I, I don't know what to say i guess you're a better man than i because i don't fucking trust anybody anymore in wrestling so and
0: that's not to say that there aren't good schools and there aren't good trainers and there aren't schools that do it the right way and do have the proper insurance what what are wrestling schools required see that's the thing there's no oversight. I don't think there's literally
1: I I don't know about most schools but there's really I mean email the guy here's where you show up here's how you pay me that's as far as I know about you know training at a wrestling school at least the ones that I'm aware of
0: and that's not saying that some of them don't take steps that they're not legally required to take to make sure that they're doing a good job. I don't want to throw all of them under the bus. You know what I mean? It's like at the same time, I don't want to throw out some names of ones that I think are good because there's stories coming out every day and I don't want to get burned. That, that's where we're at here. But it's like you know, until you can tell me that every wrestling school is required – to have insurance is required. To have accreditations for the trainers is required. To have background checks for the trainers is required. To have special classes segregated for minors is required. To have female trainers for female wrestlers is required. To have uh, some kind of government oversight and check-ins and safety checks and building temperatures and is required and, and just basically is just be, have the same requirements as any other business that's going to be handling minors. I am perfectly okay with standing behind my stance that minors have no business in wrestling. And until you can come back to me and tell me and give me a good reason why minors need to be involved in wrestling, you can call me a victim-blamer all you want. It's not going to affect me at all. Tell me why my minors need to be involved in pro wrestling. Why? Why is there a need? Why must minors be involved in this? It there's no no one has been able to successfully answer right. that question especially after when this I
1: week after this week and the, the heinous stories out there about you know so many people that,
0: regulate it yeah. have real oversight real accreditations real and then I'm okay with it
1: yeah get, and and you know who should really be the, the good ones the good trainers the good schools whatever those should be the ones at the top of the list saying you know what we're gonna do we're gonna do this we're gonna set the standards yeah. for what we're gonna do and and and, and yeah that I would start tr- trusting You know the business a little bit more if those ones come out there and and, and say that. But yeah, like you're saying, the people I I cannot after reading that last week of like, no, it's fine. Like, uh, dude, what are you? How can you trust anybody after this week?
0: How? And I can tell you, even if all of that is done and we're and we're training minors in at least some kind of regulated environment, because nothing will stop abuse, but you can at least attempt to mitigate it. Right. I am still, I still advocate not booking people until they're 18. I don't think people should be wrestling. I don't think children should be wrestling on, on pro wrestling shows. Again, maybe I'm pearl clutching here. Maybe, uh, you know, you disagree. I, wh- why? Why, why, what is, why should minors wrestle? Give me a good reason why minors belong in a pro wrestling locker room, an independent wrestling pro locker room with what we know goes on in there now after the last week. Why? What's the reason that this has to be a thing? Why can't they wait till they're an adult? And if you really want me to go crazy, you want me to really go crazy, Rich?
1: Yeah, go ahead. Fuck it. Do it live.
0: You, you know, if if you're going to train under the age of 21, you should show some sort of proof that you're pursuing some other form of education. You're either still in high school or you're going to college or you're going to a trade school or you have some – because wrestling cannot be your number one plan. It cannot be your number one plan. I would even throw something like that in there. And maybe that's a, a going too far. But after last week, I don't think anything's going too far. I don't like the idea of a 17-year-old waltzing into a wrestling school with stars in their eyes thinking they're going to be wrestling The Rock at WrestleMania. I don't like that idea. Okay? If I'm a wrestling trainer, I'm going to say, you are still in school? No. Well, then come back to me when you're in school. Come back to me when you're pursuing a GED or you're back in high school or you're out of college or you're out of trade school. I'm not touching you until you're 21 unless you're pursuing something else. I would even take it that far. I don't even think that's a crazy idea in light of all of this. Again, we have the high ground now after last week. The pro wrestling business does not have the high ground in any of these debates after what we just saw. So that's why I will not back down on my stance that minors do not belong in wrestling until there is real regulation and oversight. And you can paint me as a bad person for that. That's fine. I'm I'm not backing down because I don't think that stance is uh, is 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 a ridiculous one. I'm fired up. I'm standing up.
1: Yeah, that's jeez.
0: And and look, if and if I like you just said, if you are a decent trainer with a decent school, flash that shit. Yeah, now's the time to puff your chest out.
1: Yeah, to go.
0: We have female trainers. We have specific training classes for minors where minors do not intermingle. Children do not intermingle with adults. We have insurance that we can prove and and we have accreditations and uh, we give all of our trainers background checks. And and we have a safety record of of X amount of injuries and X amount of years. And how about we broadcast that if if you're a good trainer with a good school instead of, hey, we have a guy who's wrestling on impact wrestling right now. Or, you know, uh, have you heard of so-and-so who's working for New Japan? Stop broadcasting, you know, people who have come through your school who are on TV right now and instead broadcast why your school is different from the fucking cesspools that we had to hear about last week. How about that? For the ones that are doing it the right way.
1: (sighs) Anything else you got? I don't even think we named half the people that have actually been. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it's the worst part. Yeah. Anybody that can trust the business on this week, you know, more power to you. But
0: I don't know. I don't even think we're planning on talking about this. And It's like you you almost it's like you have to address these things. But it's like it's like with the thing with the victim blaming, it's like you're afraid almost to approach some of these topics because people just everyone's on edge right now and we all just assume the worst. That's what Dan Barry said to, said to me too at one point. I don't remember exactly what he said, but he's like, "Hey, look, maybe I was aggressive because we're all fucking pissed off." Yeah, and maybe it we need Yeah,
1: it's fucking garbage. It's terrible.
0: And maybe we need to stop yelling at each other and listen to each other like we just did. That was the gist of what he said in his tweet, and I agree, you know, and at that point we came to an understanding. I wasn't even angry at him. Like I was annoyed that he quote tweeted me and tried to show me up. I mean, that part of it annoyed me. But I took a deep breath and I just tried to have a conversation with the guy, and and he wasn't, you know, I'm not mad. I wasn't mad at him once we talked. It's like because you realize you're coming from the same place, and it, someone like him who does train wrestlers, I'm sure, is a little bit of defensiveness there. Oh, sure, absolutely, and that's natural because I'm he's he's reading this and he's like, well, why the fuck can't I try Like I'm a good guy and I fucking train kids all the time, and what? I understand that too. Like there's it was a rough week for everyone in wrestling in particular the wrestlers who who do keep their hands clean and do keep their nose clean and do do things the right way and and um and i'm sure there's a level of defensiveness there but again like you noted there were plenty of wrestlers who agreed with me whether it was Veda Scott or Jordan Grace or, or there were others too that were like from our life experience minors don't belong anywhere near pro wrestling and it's like and and it's just I don't know. I it just I, I just feel like there needs to be oversight and regulation before they are. I'm not completely against the idea, but not in this environment. Yeah. That's all.
1: Yeah. At the end of the day, we just want to be able to trust wrestling again and actually, you know, think that what we're seeing is is I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the right way to describe it, but yeah, it, it it was a tough week. It was a week where you definitely just like have to look yourself in the mirror. And like you said, people like like the people that are doing it right, they need to be the loudest voices right now. They now have the high ground to say, look here's what we're doing here's what we're going to change here you know this is the week for for great change and like you said just just putting out platitudes of hey stop abusing that does nothing that moves nothing forward it's just a way to get likes on a tweet but like now's the week it's, and now's the time for real action and, and, and real movement so
0: how about get rid of the abusers you know what that is Yeah, That's it's a social- thousand
1: likes on social media it doesn't mean yeah. fucking shit because the abusers That's- aren't gonna go gosh darn it you're right i'm gonna stop abusing children because that person tweeted it and they got a thousand likes god you know as much as i would love to continue abusing i'm just not gonna do it anymore because that tweet got a lot of likes Thank you it's, for, for it's, telling me I shouldn't. Yeah. Hey, criminals, stop being criminals. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> got it. Uh, yeah, you've yeah.
0: you figured it out.
1: <laughs> ah, you got you've, me again. Solved,
0: <laughs> you've solved the puzzle. We need to get rid of the abusers. That yeah. Was, yeah, every
1: abuser goes, ah, damn it. <laughs> We've been found yeah. out. No. Well, well, that's it for me. I guess I can't abuse anymore because you've tweeted that we should stop abusing. So I'm done. I'm not going to be. Yeah. You got to <laughs> action. Action.
0: It's typical social media. Um, uh, what was I? I, I lost my uh, train of thought. But people say it all the time. It's just, it's, uh, it's just, uh, it's just empty platitudes. You know, like you're saying, it's, it's social media activism. That's the term. That's what it is. It's just, you know, you throw out some tweets and you sit back and crack your knuckles and you, you, you wait to see how many likes you get, but it doesn't, doesn't mean anything. It's a clap tweet. Saying get rid of the abusers is a clap tweet. That's what it is. Rich knows all about the clap tweets. Oh, you I love those clap tweets. Oh, I love them. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I guess we should talk about some actual wrestling at some point. Yeah, on this let's,
1: show, let's, huh? let's do that. Let's jump into. Uh, we're going to jump into the New Japan Cup uh, here right now, and I have I've not seen the uh, matches from this morning, uh, July third. The semifinals happened. Uh, I was Okada and Hiromu and Evil versus Sonata. I have not seen those. You have, so we'll talk about those a little bit. I should mention as well, wrestling dot com slash patreon, also patreon dot com slash voicesofwrestling. Uh, you're doing daily uh, New Japan Cup audio as well, reviewing the show. So if you want to. uh as quickly, I mean, those are getting up pretty quickly after the shows, uh, as well. So a great way to uh, ca- you know keep up, get your recommendations, figure out what you know what, what you think of the tournament so far. Uh, so I'm not gonna like we're not gonna go match by match or or, or, or show by show or whatever because obviously you can you can do that at uh, mm-hmm. Patreon.com/slash Voice of Wrestling. But uh, overall thoughts on on New Japan's empty arena, uh, New Japan Cup so far as as we're now done with the empty arena stuff for now, I guess because uh, New Japan uh, going to Osaka. Uh, starting next weekend and and we'll have fans half or a quarter or no it, it's a third right a third filled Osaka Joe Hall or whatever but um about 3,000
0: 3, yeah, yeah
1: somewhere in that range but what you know hopefully uh, this is it for uh, <laughs> empty arena got you know fingers crossed but uh what'd you think of of uh, New Japan's empty arena shows so far
0: I think that um well first of all uh can I do a quick programming oh note? absolutely I think I'm gonna do. We're just gonna talk about the semifinals here. I'm not gonna do a paywall show, so um, I, I think it'd be redundant. I mean, to talk about to review the matches twice. So, um, is that okay with you? I yeah, think that's absolutely.
1: Can. Yeah, I haven't seen them yet, so I can't. So, I can't really contribute much. But uh, yeah, that's I, just,
0: fine. I don't want. I don't want to do the same thing twice. You know. So and I, and I don't think we can. We should just blow it off either here. So because how are we supposed to talk about what's coming up if we can't talk about what happens? So um, I know I told everybody I would do paywall shows through the semifinals, basically through all of the empty arena. But I'm going to waive that. Um, we'll just do it here and, um, and and talk to semifinals. But overall thoughts, I mean, uh, look, I, I'm really starting to struggle with the empty with the empty building. I'm done. And I'm, I, done. <laughs> I'm tapping out. I can't do it anymore. I know you've been away, and I don't. I you know I don't know if you're sitting there, uh, you know, refreshing your Patreon feed to listen to me babble about these matches every night. So I don't know if you've heard my thoughts about um, the New Japan Empty Arena, but I haven't been a fan of it. I think it's kind of lifeless. Um, I don't think it's been as bad as Noah um, because they've kept the matches a, a more reasonable length, and I think that the announcer enthusiasm has been better. But I don't think it's been on the level of, you know, All Japan or definitely not AEW or or tri- I thought Triple A did a really nice job too. Um, I forgot what did you think of Triple A's empty.
1: Oh, I stuff? loved it. Yeah, I thought they were yeah. fucking great. Yeah, we talked about it on the show. So- I, I thought they I I put them right in. I don't know where my exact rankings are, but they're definitely in in, in at least the top five or top three. It's like Triple A, uh, All Japan, AEW. I think are my my. My three favorites. And then, like you said, by by just pure attrition, like, you know, your zero ones and your other, just because this is like no different, you know, yeah. like when you talk about the the difference of having fans and no fans, eh, you know, 2AW is kind of like, ah, whatever. Like, I don't, it wasn't like a good presentation, but it wasn't any worse than their normal presentation. So, but in terms of like people that usually have fans, uh, I think AAA. Um, All Japan and, and AEW are my top three and, and, and yeah, I think I think New Japan's just slightly out of there Like, I don't think I hate it as much as you do But it's it's certainly not in the top half For for,
0: for sure No, it, I don't put it in the bottom of the barrel either Like, I really hate Like, Noah is oh. difficult to watch And it's because the matches are like 30 minutes long It's just too much And I think WWE has been bottom of the barrel It took them so long to to add fans And now they can't even get that right Like the the people they have in, in their shows behind the plexiglass it just feels so inorganic. How much of that have you seen? Maybe not much since you've been gone, but a little bit. Um, but
1: yeah, I I hate that a lot. I I almost hate that more than when it was just empty because it's so yeah, weird. It's, yeah,
0: it feels forced and inorganic. You know, so I don't I I I don't like that. But New Japan hasn't been as bad as those as those few as those couple of companies I think. But it, it is starting to wear on me. I'm glad that it's behind us at least for now. Um. Now, I'm not going to make any predictions on COVID moving forward. How can you? But, um, you know, the next New Japan we see will have fans, about 3,000 fans in the building. And that's such a welcome just to add atmosphere to the matches and to give these wrestlers a chance to build matches properly, to get crowd reactions and whatnot. is very important. But my issues with New Japan's empty arena aside... Um, I think it's been an okay tournament. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven notebook matches. Most of them low end. Today's show, Okada Hiromu, was a big disappointment for me. Um, it looks like a lot of people agree. It wasn't a bad match. It was a good match. But when, when you've got a Okada Hiromu, especially for the first time, you're not expecting a good match. You're expecting a great match. I mean – I would expect those two guys to have a match of the year level match, even without fans didn't reach those heights. which is a disappointing match. You know, I think I went like three and a half on it or something, which again, it's still a really good match, mm-hmm. but what are you expecting when Okada and <laughs> Right. you're not right, expecting right. a three and a half star match. You're expecting a fucking killer match and they didn't reach those heights. So there've been a couple matches. I thought Zack Sabre jr. And, um, Abushi was a little disappointing too. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was, I was kind of shocked and, by that one. I, I didn't hear anybody talk about it and I was just like, oh, it's weird. I haven't seen any talk about it. And then I watched it and I'm like, oh, I guess that's why. <laughs> like, cause
0: it's, it was,
1: it was a match. It was good. Yeah. Like everything was good. But yeah, well, it didn't. Yeah. When, when you think Abushi is Zack Saber Jr., you kind of in your brain think, you know, that, that, yeah, you're going to get elite level stuff. And it wasn't that at all.
0: But where you and I left off two weeks ago was with Nagata Suzuki, which we both loved. And, um, I think we also talked about Hiromu dragging Hanma to a really good match. Mm-hmm. But after you left, I don't think we talked about Show and Shingo. Which oh, is we have
1: not. Match. No, we have not. Let's talk about it. Jesus.
0: Go ahead. The floor oh, is yours. Fucking you have heard my thoughts.
1: I, I think I tweeted out when I watched it that that to me was the perfect empty arena match. I don't think, I, I think now that we can maybe, hopefully, finally, fingers crossed, you know, put the, 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 the you know, the, the, close the doors on an empty arena in Japan. That's the top match in the empty arena. I think they did the, the everything that you need to do for an empty arena. Perfect pacing, perfect work, the right amount of noise. You know, they didn't go around the ring and brawl. They kept everything kind of in the ring. They kept everything impactful. They kept the the kickouts at a nice time. They timed everything. I like. I thought that was just. I you know. I I think there's a certain ceiling on where you can go with empty arena. So I didn't go like five stars with it, but I think I went like four and a half or something like that, which I think is honestly the ceiling for empty arena. Like I I think legit the perfect empty arena match. And let's hope that that will kind of cap it off and that will be it. And that will be the last one that really, you know, sets the stage. And, and now we can just move on to arena stuff again and get back to it. But yeah, that that I thought, I just thought it was a tremendous pro wrestling match. And and, and uh, Shingo was fantastic in it. And Show, I mean, that was his, to me, his real coming out party. That was the moment when when I officially, and I've always been, you know, I've always on this podcast and in the New Japan ebooks or whatever, I've always said, you know, yeah, I know shows probably got the more superstar potential, but let's not say Yo doesn't, or let's not bury Yo, or let's not do, like, I, 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 right, that match is when I had to finally say, you know what, shows the dude, shows a fucking superstar on the way, on, on the way, you know what I mean, like, that dude is gonna be a star. I don't know what Yo's gonna do, I don't know, Yo might be fine, Yo might be the junior ace for 10 years or whatever, but you watch that match and you go, oh, is gonna be the star of that team. Show will absolutely be the one that, that, that in five years we, we, he'll be the quote unquote Sean and, and Marty. You know what I mean? Like after that match, it was just like, holy shit, this guy's really good and he's figuring it out and he's peaking at the right time and he's getting the opportunities. And it's clear New Japan sees him, you know, with, with that match and with the other stuff that he's done in this tournament, it's clear New Japan sees him as the bigger of the two stars when they have booked those two shockingly 50 50 and, and, and shockingly kind of to the same level. We, we, we read about it every single year in the ebook. Is you know I, I sit down and I think I've r- written the Yo thing the last four years. I think you've written the Show thing the last you know four years as well. And we always sit down and we always talk about it and, and we look at the falls and they're like perfect. It's exactly the same. Yo gets fifteen falls. Show gets fifteen falls. Yo gets fourteen falls. Show gets fifteen. And it's like you know I mean it's like difference of one or whatever. They booked them pretty much fifty fifty. But it feels like with this New Japan Cup and it feels like this year and it feels like the way Show is is presenting himself the bulk that he's added that sort of stuff that that it's clear one of those two is the one that they think is going to be the star and, and it's clearly show. And after that match how do you not say that that's going to be show so yeah, i liked I mean, it joe i liked the match <laughs>
0: In case you're your, your thoughts like your thoughts mirror mine <laughs> anybody who listened to my paywall stuff you basically just gave the same speech i gave about show um you know, I feel like people think I'm beating up on Yo, but I'm not. It's it's not an insult to say that I think he can be a top junior in the company for a decade. I mean I, I really you know, I think he'll have a couple junior title runs. I you know, I just I, I don't think it's an insult to say that one guy just has potential, you know, money drawing potential and the other I, I don't I don't see it the same way, at least at this stage. And that's not saying I don't think show is any kind of a lock to be a superstar or a money-drawing guy or even a heavyweight or anything like that. But I, he has potential to reach those heights. That doesn't Look, there's been thousands of wrestlers who've had that potential and have never gotten there. And I would have been wrong about a lot of guys over the years who never eventually. So who knows what show? But there's a presence there with him that I just don't think Yo has. And I think that Yo... Honestly, I think there's stories that can be told with him. I mean, they teased that Lij thing years ago, and I don't think that's over with, you know. So, but that's probably a conversation for another day. But even when you look at these other New Japan Cup shows, Yo has disappeared. He lost his first round match and hasn't been heard from again. They've got show in all of the tag matches. To, on today's show, they they shot an angle to set up the never title challenge that he's presumably going to get against Shingo because remember Shingo was going to defend the never title against Toa Hanare. Now Toa Hanare because of COVID is out of the picture. So I think they're moving the show into that spot. Now show may have gotten a never title match anyway at some point but I think I think Hanare was next in line.
1: Yeah, for sure. No, definitely.
0: So, and it's a shame what you know the COVID is a bad timing for Hanare cuz he was going to get a genuine push this year finally. Um, so that'll be delayed a bit. but yeah, that match was incredible. I went four and a half and I can't wait for their never match because the first two matches have been awesome. So there's no reason the never match won't match it either, but that's been the best match so far. And um, you know on today's show, I guess talk about it quickly before we talk about uh the finals coming up, but Evil beat Sonata and Okada as expected beat Hiromu I talked about the Okada Hiromu match a little bit and he won it again with the Cobra Clutch so he had the Cobra Clutch um Hiromu uh got out of it he did hit a Rainmaker but then instead of pinning him put him back into the Cobra Clutch I really like the finish of the match from that aspect because Okada showed a real level of viciousness at the end of the match And um, Because he could have put him away with the Rainmaker, but chose to put him back in the Cobra Clutch. What do you think of Okada establishing – because he has clearly established a new finish in this tournament. This move is going to be over. Um, I talked about this already a little behind the paywall. I think that it was long overdue because the Rainmaker has been kicked out of a ton now, and he's done a lot of storytelling with the Rainmaker with the wrist clutch stuff. I think this might have been a little overdue to establish another move. What do you think it is this? Yeah, cover?
1: absolutely. I mean, we we saw him bubbling up and doing that, you know, many, many years ago with what was it? The Red Ink, I think was the name of it at that time. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this was, I mean, what, four or five years ago at this point? And, and we kind of all assumed that uh, they were establishing the Red Ink throughout the, I think it was either through the G1 or or, or, or some sort of, I, I forget. I think it was the G1, but I forget exactly what tournament it was, where he was kind of establishing that, establishing that, and establishing that. And we kind of, I, I, didn't, I even think I wrote uh, an article on the website about... Okay, well what he's doing is he's establishing this because, you know, Tanahashi is he hasn't been able to beat Tanahashi with the Rainmaker. Tanahashi is kicked out of the Rainmaker, so he needs another move. He needs to go to the the well again and figure out a new move. And he, he established that move. He did it, and did it, did it, and then he just kinda like dropped it and and it didn't become another part of his arsenal. And it wasn't a regular, you know, finish. And 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 I'm somebody and, and I know you are as well. And and you know, we we talk about it all the time. I love I love when guys have multiple finishes. One of the things I love about AEW right now is that, like, every guy has, like, two finishes. And against the lower card guys, they won't use their top finish. They'll use, you know, their other finish. And when they need to use the top finish, they'll use the top finish. But they don't, every single match doesn't have to end with the top finish. And and I like that. I really like that. So I hope that Okada does do this. And I hope that he continues to establish that that move can also finish it because it just adds a different dynamic. And Okada is a guy who, at age 32, we've seen this guy wrestle now for, God, what is it? (laughs) Fucking seven, eight years at this point of, like, top level, God, maybe even nine right or no, no 2012 was when he came yeah so like eight years of like high level matches from this guy to the point where he does need to kind of change it up a little bit he does need to sort of throw a curveball and, and do something different in his closing stretches because he's going to run out of things to do he's going to run out of ways to kind of construct you know the finish of a match so I love the idea that now he's established hey I can finish you off with this I just hope that he keeps that energy up. You know, and and continues to establish it throughout the year, and 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 finishes matches off after the New Japan Cup with this move, and 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 uses it, you know, uses it to set up the Rainmaker, uses the Rainmaker to set this move up, like that. That stuff is really really cool, and I I, I hope that he has sort of addressed that and and said, okay, look, I need to kind of change things up a little bit and and, and do something different because I just can't rest on my laurels at age thirty <laughs> two. You know what I mean? I can't just do that. So I, I I love it. I I liked it when he did it with the Red Ink or whatever, and I think almost every wrestler in the world. Should have at least two finishes or two or three finishes that they can finish somebody off with, because it just it lets the match be more interesting and more fun. You're not just sitting there waiting for the setup to their finisher. You know that you know when when they get ready to do a move, it might be this move, it might be that move, it might be you know it, like I just think it's way easier to construct a match if you do that. So I, I don't know why more people don't do it to be honest.
0: Can't you picture a spot in either the Tokyo Dome or King of Pro Wrestling, wherever? I'm talking big match setting. Okada Naito. Locks him in that Cobra Clutch. Naito fading out. I mean, that's going to be a great spot. And the crowd's going to buy it. It's going to be a huge moment. Whether Naito can survive that Cobra Clutch or not. And that's what they're building to here. But I guess my question is, now that we know it's Okada Evil, and Evil Sonata, by the way, um, to me it was a nothing match. It's, I went three and a quarter. I mean, I shouldn't call it a nothing match. It was a decent little... It was Sasha Banks, Io Shirai. That's what it was. Um, A a good match that that should have been better. But um, so we've got Evil and Okada, you know, surely rich. This is the conference, like, people get mad at us sometimes because we, and especially me, but we tend to approach wrestling from the business perspective first, right? And some people don't like that. But to me... There's no fucking way they do Okada Naito in, in front of 3,000 fans.
1: <laughs> instead of God, I would hope not.
0: Now, the the best – now, if you don't care about business, the best story is Okada winning the tournament and going for his title again, right? Like, that's clearly the best story. But they can't do that, right? They're not going to burn that match on a one-third filled building, Right. Please tell me they're not going to do that. I mean,
1: the only thing I would say is that maybe you want to put your best best foot forward and say, we're back, here it is, you know, pay attention to us again, that sort of stuff. But that's never really how they've booked. They haven't booked like that. They've always saved matches, you know, when they can, except for, I mean, again, we talked about it for the, you know, the the Wrestle Kingdom this year. They just fucking went with it. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't need to go with it. Business sense said you could maybe hold it off, but they just went for it. But this one would be even more wild. This one would be even more crazy, I think, if you go Naito and Okada in the main event of a you know a, a third filled Osaka Joe Hall with three thousand people, I mean it, it. Other than the optics and the PR, like I business wise, yeah, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. You you don't need to do it. You've already sold the building out. You've already sold it out. But if they want to put their best foot forward and prove, hey, we're back. Here's our top match, whatever. But I think there's a lot more money to be made in, in, in you know, holding off Okada and Naito for another opportunity and, and, and hoping and praying that it's in front of a giant, you know, 50,000-seat, you know, you know to filled Tokyo Dome as opposed to, you know, a, a 3,000 Osaka-Jo Hall. I don't know. It would be... It'd definitely be different. They they This is not how they typically book, so that it, it would be surprising for sure.
0: It would just be fucking stupid.
1: Yeah, I mean, it'd be dumb, too, <laughs> because you've already sold the tickets and... and
0: yeah, I mean, it's going to be an instant sellout because people are going to be excited, number one, and it's only 3,000 fans. Why would you do that match in front of three 000? You shouldn't do that match unless it's in Tokyo Dome again. I mean, let's be honest here. Um, so it's going to be evil. Are you surprised it's evil and not Sonata? I Sonata am. was the favorite pre-COVID, and he was also the betting line favorite, by the way, in the new post-COVID tournament, too. So does that surprise you that it's Evil and not Sonata? Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I would. I would bet the house on on Sonata doing it. And I think he was even. even I, I think he was legit even odds like yesterday as 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 heavy I, favorite. Yeah, yeah heavy I, favorite. I, I saw. So yeah, kind of crazy that. Um, yeah, I guess if you're a betting man and you put money on Evil at the beginning of the tournament, you're going to do well. Because uh, I mean, I would have never. Yeah, I, I definitely caught me by surprise because I don't think Evil has been really built for this at any point, and I, I, I'm not a big Evil fan <laughs> to be honest. So. Uh, I'm not really looking forward not, to I it. Not, so. I have not
0: liked his tournament. I have not liked his tournament. Um, he's left a lot to be desired, and he's kind of doing this gimmick where he's he's embracing the evil. He's cheating heavily. <laughs> Lots of ref bump. Not just the gimmick with the with the head in the chair right, the, or right, the right. arm or the arm in the chair. He does that every match where he puts a body part in the chair and throws you into the railing or hits it with the other chair. That's part of his shtick. And I get that his name is evil, right? (laughs) But it's been very heavy-handed. Like, the story is he's doing whatever it takes to win. I get that from a storytelling aspect, but I'm just – it takes me out of the matches, especially when there's usually another ref bump-heavy or shenanigans-heavy match on the show because it's New Japan. And the problem with New Japan now is they have two heel factions that do a lot of cheating. And L I J, which which are heel leaning tweeners, is that fair to say? Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. Who also lean in that direction and do a lot. So now you have three units in the company that are doing shenanigans heavy shit between Suzuki Goon and uh, and Bullet Club, of course. And and, and, and L I. It's too much. It's too much because a lot of these New Japan Cup shows had four tournament matches, and two of them were loaded with shenanigans and i could deal with it you know once a show and some matches it makes sense but then it's like a lot of cases on this shows it was the semi main and the main were loaded with this crap and that has become evil story on top of it so you know you think evil and naito uh, will have a big time match in osaka joe hall for that you know first we're going to get evil okada first we're getting two big time evil main events what are the odds that both of them deliver big? Yeah,
1: um, not good, <laughs> in my opinion, not good. Uh, but, I mean, I, I guess he's a guy who is capable of having a, a, a pretty good main event level match, and those are two great opponents to have great main level <laughs> event level matches with. It's just, it's for me right now, seeing his output so far in this tournament, and, and, and really to an extent seeing you know Okada's output in, in this tournament so far, which has been, like, I think people are being a little hard uh, on Okada. Uh, but I like the Nagata match. Yeah, I, I like the Nagata match too. So I, I like. I, maybe if you didn't love that one, I could see it. But um, yeah, I don't know. Well, the, it's just well, I the,
0: don't... Nagata match, the Nagata match was really good. The Gato match was just a bunch of shenanigans. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and the Hiromu match was a good match, but not to the lo- look. You, you gotta look. You cannot – look, it was Hiromu Okada. I can't cut them any second. No, for
1: sure. No, I haven't seen it yet. But, yeah, of, of what I've heard, you're you're not alone in that. You're not on an island with that take. Like, a lot of people are just kind of like, ah, oh, all right, well, that was that. So Yeah. So, yeah, I, I guess Evil could, but I don't, I'm just not too excited. But but I guess, like, from a business standpoint, again, he's a good throwaway guy to, you know, win. Because, you know, you look at the contenders that, that, that were in place. You know, Ishii, I would have had no issue. I think Ishi's a decent one to do because – You're not really throwing anything away, but that's obviously done, you know, because Hiromu beat him, which I think is—I'm not super against that. Uh, You don't want to do Hiromu versus Naito, obviously, in in, in Osaka Joe Hall, like you—you have that plan and you can make some some pretty big money off that. So I get that. Um, Okada Naito, we said that again. Like I don't think that's the right idea. They might do it. We'll see. (laughs) You know, in a week's time, we might be completely wrong and they do do that. I wouldn't. A Sonata, I, I think he would have been a, a, a decent one too, because I don't know, you can throw away anything of, of of him. And then I don't know. I guess you could say Taiichi would be the other one, but I, I, I don't know. If, like I'd, re- I would do not know if I Taiichi or Evil, who I'd at least <laughs> rather have uh, winning the tournament. But I guess Evil's not the worst. I'm just not super excited about well, it. From, so
0: from a business perspective, you're not burning off a huge match. Right. You know? Right. Right. In a a building that you can't fill, so I kind of get it. I'm wondering if he was the original plan now, or if it was Sonata originally. But because it's only a 3,000 seat building, they're like, "Let's save Sonata and Naito." Do you think Sonata Naito is a bigger match than Evil Naito?
1: I do. Yeah, I do.
0: I do too. Because I I,
1: I, think you could really, you could really, with build that can be a very important match in the career of Sonata. Like you can, that can launch him into whatever stratosphere you want to launch him into. and and Because he, I think over the course of the next year, and I thought this year was going to be one of those years as well, I thought he was going to jockey for position, you know, move up the ladder, LIJ, and, and and possibly even leave LIJ or whatever. This year seems like the right time for him to do that. Maybe it's going to be next year now because of all this sort of stuff. But Evil's a guy who, like, wh- the ceiling for Evil is not, he's going to break away from Naito and be one of the company's biggest stars. You know what I mean? Like, that's not going to happen. But that could happen with Sonata, and that's why I would keep that and save that. For a moment when you're ready to maybe tell that story With, with him
0: Sonata just came off what a year long feud with Okada I mean where they where The idea was to get Sonata over and, and Evil really hasn't had that Graduation so to speak yet So I do think there's a chance That maybe Sonata was the planned winner Pre-COVID and they've kind of pivoted Away because they think Sonata Evil can be a bigger Match uh, Sonata Naito And maybe Sonata Naito would have Contained some kind of angle that they're not comfortable doing again in a smaller one third filled building environment. So I'm not going to try to get carried away with fantasy booking, but all of those things have crossed my mind where maybe this is a pivot to evil as opposed to evil being the plan all along. Um, But who knows? So uh, we've got evil Okada. I think we both agree that um, it'd be very silly for Okada to win that match. It's also kind of weird for Okada to lose to Evil, but the thing that they can do to get around that is again, Evil has been cheating very liberally in these matches. So Okada kind of has an out. You know, if Evil, if they do a ref bump and some bullshit with a weapon or something, um, you're kind of protecting Okada with the loss. So uh, that kind of makes sense. But, and they've uh, also
1: established over the years that Okada does lose to to, to big guys sometimes. You know he's lost to Evil yeah. before, he's lost to Bad Luck Folly before. A lot of those were were in the past, and they've kind of gotten away from those. That's more of a kind of a you know for Folly, it was like a 2014 2015 thing, and I, I think he's beaten Evil the last three times uh, that they've faced each other. But um, no, you're you're I, I the cheating plus the fact that Evil's like there's ways that they can get around that if they if they are going to do that. But yeah, I, I I tend to think that they're going Evil. It just doesn't. It, it 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 would be wild. It'd just be fucking wild to do Okada and Naito, with you know no build in a in a quarter or a third capacity, uh, building. But I I don't know. <laughs> but I wouldn't bet on that. That's all I'll say. So.
0: Did you see uh, the debut of Master Watto?
1: I've seen videos of it. I've seen gifs. I uh, I don't know about that one, show.
0: <laughs> People is... are going crazy about the Master Watto. Master
1: Watto. It looks like I just was just wanted to have a popsicle after I saw it. I was like, Hmm, <laughs> you know what? I haven't had a rocket pop in a long time. So.
0: Oh, because he's blue? He's very blue. He's he's
1: he's yeah. very blue. If he doesn't come out to Eiffel sixty five, they've really uh they've really missed the boat here. But um
0: so this is the way to the grand master, as many have uh, <laughs> uh predicted. Was co- was co- What was, was uh, what uh, was
1: this uh, poorly translated New Japan uh world name? Wasn't it River uh, something? River people. <laughs> Wasn't it River People River Kawato?
0: people, <laughs> River <laughs> people. yeah river people yeah <laughs> people kawato um so yeah harai kawato we'll see
1: i bad. mean hey look everybody a lot of guys have debuted with really shitty looks and and have approved them over the time um
0: look here's the thing just because a guy comes back with some vignettes doesn't mean that he has to be a star i i never thought kawato was gonna be a
1: star. right i don't think that like Kawai. like i don't think you need to pencil in kawato as your fucking king of pro wrestling main event you know what i mean like
0: yeah, I mean, he was just – look, he was a – he's got weird underdog charisma, which we have always talked about with him. He's a weird-looking dude, Um, he, he's, and he's got like an underdog charisma to him where fans would get behind him as a young lion because some guys just have underdog charisma. Yeah. And he's one of them. I never pegged him as like some kind of future player. I always thought he'd be a guy on the roster, Right? And there's a role for a guy with you know, very strong underdog charisma. That's a very valuable role. Tomoaki Hanma remade the second half of his career having strong underdog charisma. You know, and main event it shows despite the fact he never won singles matches, which is crazy. You know? So it's like but I never thought this guy had a big future.
1: No, no, and he I think a million times. I think you can look at the the way he and and this is I'm I'm not you know I'm not putting him down or anything, but like you can see the way he looks, and we've talked about it before, the way that New Japan likes their main eventers to look. Sonata, we've said from day one, that's a dude. You know, look at his body, look at like the whole presentation of Sonata. That's a guy that they were gonna peg as a future star. Even to a lesser extent, Jay White. Yeah, when he came back. He was built. He had, you know, good looking hair. He had good looking gear. He had, like that was clear that that was a guy that they had pegged for a future star, and he was, and he is, and he's there already. Like, I don't, you know, like look at Cuado. Nothing against the guy, but like, it doesn't strike me that they're like, oh, here we go. We got another one. Like,
0: he's kind of, he's kind of pudgy.
1: He's kind of ugly. He's got blue hair. Like, it's fine. You know, he's. But again, like, it's not that hard to see who they want as their top top guys and. And where Cuado probably ends up. So yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, people are freaking out like he's you know on board. You know he's he's on you know on his way to becoming a king of pro, you know king of pro wrestling main eventer or he's going to win the G one or whatever. No, it, it's he's back here. He is because they had to pull him back from Mexico at some point, and especially now during COVID, not the best time in the world. But like he's that, and that's that's fine. But like Carl Fredericks, who we're going to talk about too. That's yeah. a dude that it's very clear that they understand. Oh wait a minute, here's what we got here. It's just the way they have booked. It's the way they've they've presented their stars.
0: Well, I see people talking about it, see, from the other, see, you're saying, you're seeing people talk about it like they're afraid they're going to push this geek. I'm seeing people talk about it like, oh, what are they doing to him?
1: Oh, right. I, <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, right, because he was going to be a main eventer, a fucking, you know, until they right. made his hair blue. Yeah, right, right.
0: My whole thing is he was never going to be a player anyway. What's right. the difference? I agree. And it's like, I see people saying, oh, he got attacked by Doki, and Doki is a bottom guy, but it's like, I think Kawato is going to be a bottom guy. And I think that he's going to beat Doki in whatever match they have. And he's going to win that feud to establish himself. So I don't think it's like this egregious thing that he debuted and got attacked by Doki. Because I think that's his slot, number one. And number two, Doki's a guy he's clearly going to beat. Like Doki's a great guy for him to debut against and beat. And it also tells you that he's a junior. I mean, we all kind of figured that, but he's going to be a junior, and so that 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 was a you know a clue there to what his future is going to be. But it's like, I don't know. I thought it's interesting. You know me, Rich. I love deep undercard feud. Oh, I'm
1: ready for it. Yeah, dude, I ho- I hope he cuz I think he's good in that role. I don't want him anywhere near the main yeah. event. I love the idea of of Master Watto you know, coming up in a six-man tag with Taguchi and getting the hot tag and and coming out like a ball of fire. I I'm, I'm down like, you know, those old I, they've been propped up by a lot of old guys in their undercard. So, I think it's time for those next generation of young lions that are not going to be the stars to kind of fill that undercard or whatever. I, I and I think Oka whenever he comes back is probably going to be uh in that um that same level as well i don't see him as like a future star and that's fine like not every young line is going to be a future star we've gotten lucky with a few guys that, that have have been that way but you know we it was, it was it wasn't that much different than like david finley like he was never going to be a david finley you know if and when it comes back and whatever is going right. to fill a good undercard role but he's not jay white it was clear even in the young lion days jay white's the superstar jay white is the guy who's going to maybe be an eventing you know wrestle kingdoms in the future and David Finley will be a good roster member. And that's fine. Like People have to understand that that is going to happen with some of these Young Lions, too. They've hit, like, their, their percentages have been so good lately with their, like, getting stars out of the Young Lion ranks or whatever, but that's not what it's really meant. It's meant to just fill the roster all across the board, and, that, and that's probably what, to, to an extent, like, Yo, uh, Watto, Oka, you know, all these, some of these guys, that's where they're going to be. You know, and, that, and that's fine. That's okay. You need to be okay with that.
0: I, I just like when they give storylines... To the because New Japan is not great at that. No, it's usually on their big shows, three or four title matches. Maybe if you're lucky, a singles match that isn't a title match but like means something, and then a bunch of tags six and eight man tags. So I like when there's something deep on the undercard where there's a story. I like that Doki has a storyline, I like that he has something to do other than eat a fall in a six man tag. And that's why I was like I was into the Yoshitatsu versus um, uh, uh, Bone Soldier thing. Not because it it was obviously horrible wrestling, but it was a a prelim level program in New Japan, which we never get. You know, and I thought it was fun that those guys had a little program going in the opening match of the shows. You know, we talk about it all the time with WWE. We it's like we like when there's down card women's feuds because they're so rare sometimes like something other than the title program in the women's division is always welcomed because for years it was just never the case. And I think NXT is one thing they do well is they give the entire women's roster, something to do that's meaningful aside from, okay, it's your turn this month to be in the title program. And I think new Japan doesn't always do a great job with having everyone paired off in some kind of programmer feud. So I like that there's this little prelim feud to get Master Watto going to whatever they have planned. Maybe he'll just stay a prelim guy or a midcard guy. And <laughs> that name
1: is going to be very hard to get
0: used to. It's like I, I mean, can't say it without giggling.
1: Silly. I can't say it without giggling. Master I mean, Watto.
0: it's inherently silly. Because the then you see
1: silly. his face, too, and he's just like
0: such a... He's d- a geek! I love
1: the it's kid. Neat. I love him, but he's such a dweeb. It's perfect. Master Watto. And then you just see his face, you know Or it's there was fun. that like pan they did on the video where it's like his face. It's <laughs> just panning past him and you're just like, Good lord. Yeah. Oh god. It's I love it though, people. but hey, you know what? I'm down. I'm down for an undercard geek. You know, we need some more of those, so
0: And maybe it won't work and, and they'll go back to the drawing board. I mean that's possible too. But I just think with these vignettes, we've been so used to the people being a big deal. You know, it's it's Moxley. It's Hiromu coming back. It's uh, Hiromu the first time had vignette. It's uh, who else had uh, big vignette? I know there's a million others. Yeah, Jay White
1: of course had real famous ones. Um,
0: You know, but it's it's not always gonna be where the guy. I think people get a little wrapped up, or it doesn't mean they have to be a top line player just because they're getting reintroduced. You know, that's that Gato and Jado thing. Those guys just love Western wrestling and 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 um, and that's just a you know thing that. We do in the West. We give guys vignettes when we debut them, and we, like, I'm involved. Um, (laughs) Cutting up. You you get the idea. Like, it's not a – and it's like – and look at WWE's history. You know, when they were vignette-heavy, especially in the 90s, it wasn't always, like, a a future – like, Skinner got vignettes for weeks and weeks, you know, with him in the swamp. and Right. Who could forget
1: Blood Runs Cold, the fucking eight months of, you know, vignettes for Glacier. And they debuted as, like, a dude on the roster, and that's it
0: vade hansen remember vade hansen <laughs> Dude. did he even wrestle a match on tv i don't I even
1: don't know if he actually ever did yeah now that i think about it
0: he was coming for the undertaker remember wasn't he coming for the undertaker vade hansen or am i thinking of someone else nathan jones maybe i
1: think you're thinking of nathan jones they he did wrestle and yeah they had a bunch of i mean they get oh my god they gave nathan jones like a thousand fucking videos and vignettes where he broke out of prison and did all this sort of stuff and then yeah he wrestled like one he was gonna face Undertaker at Mania, and Undertaker was like, "No, I'm not. I'm not facing that kind of one on one." And then it was like Nathan Jones and fucking A Train versus Undertaker. You know, remember that? I, they had to change it yeah, to something yeah. or whatever. Um, and then that I dude just straight he... up left. I love the story of him leaving. They went on an Australian tour, and he just didn't get back on the plane. He was done. Right. I love it. It's right. great. Like,
0: no, nah, I'm good. Yeah, he, had, he had other shit going on, like movie roles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was always like a henchman in like, you know, action movies and shit like that. I'm trying to think of who the action stars were in those days. Like, what action movie would he have been in? Like a, <sighs> yeah. like a uh, Jason, I think Jason it was in Statham Troy, if I am
1: correctly. Was he the one that was in Troy? I don't know if that's exactly true. Uh, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was in Troy. I do remember that now.
0: Like, I feel like he's a random goon that Jason Statham would kill <laughs> right in the middle now. of one of his movies. Like, he'd be confronted with Nathan Jones in a hallway, Right. And be like, oh, how am I going to get by this guy? And Nathan Jones is, like, snickering and cracking his knuckles, right?
1: Yeah, snorting. The, well, you got to snort a little, you know, and then break, yeah, you know, crack snorting. your neck, snort and crack your
0: neck. No shirt on, of course. Oh, no, well, why would you? And yeah. and then that music would come up. It'd be, like, techno music. And then they'd have their fight scene while the techno music is going on. And Statham would, like, break his neck and then make, like, some kind of wise crack while looking down at his carcass and then walk off and finish the movie you know that's that Nathan Jones had a big future in being that guy right so fuck it I wouldn't have got back on the plane either when he realized his career was going nowhere but I think Vade Hansen I think they just always made those guys gun for the yeah underage. I
1: think it was I think it was Hade Vanson I think that's why I'm not recognizing I, I well that that's close enough <laughs> when I was looking it up I should say uh, I couldn't find it yeah I think it was I think his name was Hade Vanson was his I name. mixed
0: up the H and the V
1: yeah I think so but who cares? No. Yeah, he did. He did like weird vignettes and then just went away. Immediately, <laughs> never wrestled again. So I don't know what the hell. I don't think
0: he ever wrestled. Period. Like, I, don't I don't think. think yeah, he I,
1: ever I don't. I don't know what the hell happened with him. So did
0: Bractus ever get on TV? Uh,
1: a few times. I'm I'm in the yeah. in your houses right now doing the in your house series at uh, Patreon.com/slash Voices Wrestling and and like Bractus is in every single wrestling observer every single month. He's in every dark match. They're trying like hell to get
0: Brackis oh, to dude, work. Oh, dude, they it's wanted not, that
1: to happen. It's, it's so and bad. they must have been floating it to Dave. Dave, too, because every fucking week in the Observer, Dave's like, well, Brackus is learning very well, and he's starting to take bumps a lot better than he was last week. Like, I don't know who was feeding him the info, uh, fucking Terry Taylor or somebody like that, but every single week was like, Brackis is progressing nicely. Or whatever, like, You know, every week. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Jesus Christ, Dave. Just like, you don't have to put every single Brackis update every single fucking week, and, and he did. Yeah, it's like uh you know Brachus is now upgraded to doing moves off the top rope so at any moment now Brackis should be ready to go and it's like okay and then he yeah. wasn't yeah and then they said hey Paul here you go what can you do with Brachus? and he said ah oh, I got some ideas wait no I don't oh. here you go <laughs> like, none yeah I have some ideas wait I don't here you go you can have him back now and then he did they did Brawl for All and then he then
0: he was gone so I can't wait to get to the Brackis era of November <laughs> to remember That's-
1: <laughs> and you know Paul Haven was licking his chops like, Oh yes, I got it. like imagine he couldn't figure out anything for that guy. This is a guy who made nine one one like a commodity in wrestling. Yeah. And he couldn't do anything with Brackas.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I mean really he got nine one one. Nine
1: one paid out of the ass from Eric Bischoff just by
0: Tombstone. <laughs> yeah. He got nine one one over like a motherfucker. Nine one one at one point. In, like, 1995, I guess. In terms of in front of fans and buildings was, like, one of the most over people in American wrestling. When he would come out on those ECW arena shows to chokeslam somebody. nine one one, And he couldn't figure out anything. What does that say about Brackus?
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, he must have been yeah. that bad where Paul Heyman was just like, I don't know. Like, the, the man who can manipulate all the land of misfit toys and make every almost every single one of them into something had yeah. fucking nothing for <laughs>
0: it's like at the peak of his prowess doing so too right. you know and he was doing it with everybody on the roster you know so that that is incredible that he could not even he couldn't figure out something to do with that guy with his look and everything i don't know but uh we don't want new japan here i guess uh are we forgetting anything oh carl Fredericks. yeah yeah you,
1: know? you want to talk about fredericks who who was officially i guess no longer a young lion is that correct
0: Ah, uh, yeah, he did an interview with Kevin Kelly. He debuts tonight. Uh, we could say that because this show is live now, Rich. Yeah. Um, he debuts tonight on a two match. Uh, what are they calling these? The uh, Lions, Lions Break, Break
1: Collision. Yeah, we have a preview up at VoicesWrestling.com as well. If you want to check that out. Yes,
0: yeah, so they taped a bunch of these things, presumably in LA. So, at least like the uh, the West Coast based American New Japan contingent. Are getting work on our shores Because you look at that show It's all the West Coast guys Uh, TJ Perkins uh, Jeff Cobb Carl Fredericks Rocky Romero Uh, Who else is on the show? There's a tag in the single Yes, you got
1: Cobb You got Romero TJP uh, Carl Fredericks uh, Mysterioso Coming up Clark Connors Alex Coughlin uh, Tom Lawler I forgot filthy Tom Lawler That's going to be awesome
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, those – yeah, because they taped a bunch. But tonight's is um,
1: – Yeah, tonight – let me get the card for tonight. Clark Connors, Alex Coughlin, then Jeff Cobb and Rocky Romero versus TJP and Carl Fredericks.
0: So, okay, so there's a Young Lions singles match, Connors versus Coughlin, right? Yes. And then the tag matches: uh, TJP. Cobb
1: and Romero versus TJP and Fredericks, yeah.
0: Okay, so here's the thing. So, Fredericks, we know – Is no longer a young lion He's going to be debuting You know His new gear And whatever his Look is going to be What do they do In terms of a finish In that match
1: I think he pins Rocky right
0: I mean it's interesting because Cobb pin
1: TJP I mean I'd establish it Right off the bat Frederick's pins Romero But I guess you could do Cobb Over TJP if you
0: really want to Or does TJP pin Well TJP Could TJP pin Rocky Would they do that
1: he could, I guess. Yeah, Rocky's definitely taking the fall on that end.
0: I don't think Rocky cares about no, protecting no. his – God, no. And I, and I don't think they're going to beat Cobb. I don't know. I think Fredericks might still lose the fall despite shaking off the Young Lion rust because it's a weird match in terms of um, just the way they book and things. So I don't know. But the point here is no matter what happens tonight, uh, off we go with Carl Fredericks. Mm-hmm. No excursion. He's like, what, 30 or 31? So the time is now.
1: Yeah, his exact uh, age, let me see, 29. He's 29 right now. but
0: Well, still, point stands. I yeah, mean, exactly. it's not like he's 22. So, you, you know, because it's good, you know, you know them. It's going to take two years to warm them up and then another year to. So you're talking like 34, 35 by the time, you know, he's ready to main event or whatever, or they're ready to main event him because it takes them. I mean, I don't know. Jay White, they kind of. But Jay White again, he's not exactly twenty two years old either. I mean, he's probably about the same age. But um, yeah, so we'll i I'm real excited about that. I can't I can't wait to watch that. And like you mentioned, the ones coming up, you know, Misterioso. I just watched all of the Anaheim ones they did in December with Barrett Brown and Misterioso and and the Regal twins and all those guys, and those were uh much better matches than I thought they were gonna be. Mysterioso looks good. I can see them using Misterioso in Japan. Based on what I saw. Oh, for those sure. Yeah, best of
1: the Super Juniors type stuff. Super Junior Tag League. Yeah, absolutely.
0: He looked pretty good. And Barrett Brown looked good. I hope he gets an opportunity at some point. Aaron Solo was on those shows. And he was wearing the Folly Dojo t-shirt. Uh-oh. So, well, we, we knew he was down there because he worked the Australian tour last year. Or whatever. Or maybe the year before. Or whatever. Because he was down there. He's working with the Wheelman. And uh, and down there at Fale School. So what but the point I'm making here is you're starting to see some fruits of the Fale Dojo start to trickle into New Japan too. They've got three dojos adjacent to them on three different continents, funneling talent. It's not a bad setup, you know. So you know you got Shibata in L.A. and Fale in New Zealand, and um, and of course the 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 dojo in Japan. So And you mentioned Tom Lawler, which is interesting because they have, like, this tie-in with MLW. And ROH is right there. And it's just flicking their fucking nose at ROH again. Like, it's just the lack of respect they've been giving ROH since that MSG show just continues to show itself. We just kind of forgot because of COVID. But isn't that kind of a slap in the face that they're working with MLW with this?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, for sure.
0: A, A Ring of Honor guy. You know, not that I particularly care it's just notable and i want to see how tom lawler fits in do we know what his matches were yet or no
1: uh, i don't yeah as far as i know just to be announced on those and I, I don't i haven't really searched around to see if there were spoilers or whatnot but as far as officially announced no we we the other two shows we have tba tba we have a list of names and, and that's it we got danny yeah. limelight uh rust taylor uh the dkc some of these guys, oh, so
0: guys. yeah there's, there's, well you know they got a million guys in that la dojo that haven't debuted yet that you see as young boys at ringside for a lot of the American shows. Um, and, and a lot of them do a lot of duties. Like when I went to G1 in Dallas and I went to the media area to get my media pass, Barrett Brown was the guy they had behind the table, handing out the media passes, like things like that. Mm-hmm. They put these guys to work, but they don't, they haven't debuted a lot of them yet. Like you remember the hobo from CWF from uh championship wrestling from Hollywood. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Like, you, like he? I think he drives the ring truck. If you, watch, <laughs> yeah. if you watch the Shibata documentary, he's like the guy who drives the ring truck, and he's in all the training sessions, and you see him at ringside at all the American shows doing young boy duties. So all these names you're saying that don't sound familiar, and he's Danny Limelights of the world, that's all of these guys that have been in the dojo. It's just that Fredericks and Connors and Coughlin were the top of the class, and they got out first. But it seems like maybe... Some of these other guys are finally getting in the mix, which is good to see. So yeah, it shows to be interesting, but I'm really looking forward to watching Fredericks tonight. Yeah. And, uh, and inter- you really interested how they're going to book the match.
1: All right. So let's, uh, well, we're just talking about Japan wrestling. You want st- to, uh, let's move over to all Japan pro wrestling. Cause they had a very interesting Yeah. Let's, interesting- shit. let's, yeah, let's bury- go. Let's go. I've been ready for this one. I've been ready for this. I told you, you were about to start a rant on our, uh, our staff yeah. slack, and I said, Joe, save that energy, because I'm with you, and I want to talk about it. So this was a few days ago. So this happened on the 30th. Uh, it was Suwama defending the Triple Crown title uh, against Tataru Ashino. Uh, we had been talking about it for weeks and weeks and weeks, the Infant uh, Terrible's uh, invasion of uh, All Japan Pro Wrestling with Ashino as the leader, just fucking wreaking havoc over the entire thing, beating everybody left and right, until he finally got the shot at Suwama for the Triple Crown title. He gets it, on this show this was uh, called the Triple Crown of Wilderness again on the 30th uh All Japan Pro or AGPW TV. Uh, if you want to watch it there and um, I will say at the top I enjoyed the match I thought it was excellent the yeah. finish not so much because Ashino is there he's there he's there It looks like he's got him finished off so I'm a kicks out kicks out continues to kick out kicks out survives and then beats Satoru Ashino and retains the title and then Booker Man comes down afterwards to get his title shot. <laughs> we'll talk about that one afterwards. Yeah. But uh, what do you think of Suwama defeating Ashino to retain the Triple Crown title? They didn't make the move. They didn't pull the trigger. They had him lose.
0: Okay, first of all, great match. And I thought Ashino, Ashino was so awesome, I thought, in this match. Um, especially down the stretch. His selling and his bumping for Suwama was phenomenal. I thought the structure of the match and the story of the match was great where Ashino was going after that Achilles. Oh, the
1: Achilles. Yeah, people kept calling it an ankle lock and I'm like, no, 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 no. It's an Achilles lock because that's the the, the Suwama Achilles. I love that aspect of it.
0: Yeah, because if people recall, Suwama blew out his Achilles a couple years ago and at 40 years old or whatever it was, he could have been done. I think think on the show
1: we said he's done. He's history. He's never coming back. I mean, that's a terrible injury to come back from. It's a a miracle he has come back. I, I will say that, really.
0: That Achilles has ended the careers of, like, 23-year-old athletes. I mean, it's a terrible injury. And it really takes away a lot of your athleticism, too, if you're well, able to.
1: Amber Moon is, is one right now. I mean, I think she even this week yeah. said that, like, she needs a second surgery on it. I, I, I mean, like, she's been out for eight months already, and it might be another eight, eight months or whatever. Yeah, it is. It's a nasty, nasty, nasty injury.
0: And she's much younger than Suwama. She is much it- younger
1: than, than Suwama, yes.
0: And it might be finishing her off for good, so that kind of speaks to my point. But we've seen pro athletes get finished off by that, or come back and they're never the same. You know, that's a little easier with pro wrestling, especially since you know Suwama's not exactly ricochet. (laughs) He's
1: not really bouncing off the top too much, but still, yeah.
0: But but yeah, it's still notable that he was able to come back from it. He gets a lot of credit for that, and he's he's arguably been very similar as a wrestler. I don't think it's really affected his ability. Um, But um, you know. Yeah, Ashino went after the Achilles. I love that. And that was the story of the match. And then I thought Ashino just from the limb work going after the the Achilles and then his selling and bumping down the stretch. You know, he's been one of the best wrestlers this year. I mean, people forget he had the, the match against Nakajima, you know, and in and, and back in Wrestle One and and um, you know, and, and now the great work he's done in all Japan. And he's been one of the most interesting and best wrestlers this year. So the match was great. Um, I feel like if you do the match, though, for I have so many problems with this. Yeah, I don't yeah, even know where to start. Yeah, I don't
1: know where to start either. I, I, I guess let's okay. So, so we know the result. Swami so defeated Ashino. Maybe let's let's target it with like the reasons why you should do this. Okay. Okay.
0: Here's my first problem with it. They did it in front of no fans. That's problem number. Right. Because
1: I, 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 and and that's what I. The rebuttal I've heard from a lot of people because I, you know, I complained a little bit on Twitter about it and saying I, I hated that decision. A lot of the th- the, what people were telling me was, well, they don't want to switch the title with no fans. Well, then don't fucking book it. You don't no have to. <laughs> like, you don't have to book it. Like, I hate never, ever, ever, and ever come at me with, well, they, they didn't want to do this. Well, they don't have to. It's fucking pro wrestling. It's not MMA. It's not fucking, oh, my God, this guy's wins. We got to give him the title shot. Oh, there's no way we can not. A- no, you could just say, hey, you know, you got to go another month. You know, fight through with more guys until you get there. So yeah, you don't have to fucking book it if you don't, you don't want to, do, to it. do it. You
0: don't have to do it. It's not the Minnesota Timberwolves upsetting the Lakers and going to the NBA Finals. Yeah, and them going, fuck, well.
1: Yeah, that's what it is.
0: So. Ah, the ratings are going to tank, but they can't control that. You can control this environment. So it's like my first problem is they burned off what felt like a super hot match and didn't make any money off of it. Correct. That's my first problem. My second problem is... Is then if you do do the match, I don't think you can't beat Ashino. Like he he had all the momentum in the world, and it's like I feel like it would have been a better, been a better decision if you're going to do the match that he just needs to win it at that point. Right,
1: right. Or people just people that, keep for people that haven't followed, he has not lost, and he hasn't even like particularly even like I mean he's fucking wrecking dudes along the way.
0: Yeah, and they and he's burned through every faction on the roster. You know, and, and uh, tag matches, to be fair. But, you know, he, he, he went through Jake Lee. He went through uh, Zeus and Purple Haze. He went through, you know, uh, he, he worked his way up the roster, winning tags. My third problem with it is the entire faction lost. Kodama lost the junior title challenge against Iwamoto. kumararashi lost to Jake Lee in the semifinal. And then Ashino loses to Suwama. They beat all three guys in one night after all of this build. And it's like, what the fuck, man? This all felt so hot. And you stopped all of these guys in their tracks. And I'd almost be okay with it if this was it. Okay. And fonts to Blaze came in to do a little run and we built them up and our guys beat them all and sent them packing. And now they're off to whatever it is they're going to do. Well, Rich, that's not the case. They're coming back.
1: Right. And, and that's when when the match finished. I the, the, the initial thought I had without looking at the cards, without looking at everything else, I went, okay, well, then I guess I got worked into thinking that they were going to move the title to him, but this might have just been, hey, let's get us through the empty arenas. Thank you guys for your, your time. Maybe we'll call you back. You know, go do whatever you're going to do, go freelance, go move to another company. That's my thought. It was like, okay, this was the blow off then. This is it. He got to the peak, he got to the mountain, he couldn't do it. Okay, they're done. Then I go and see that they're just right back in there. And I'm like, well, <laughs> what
0: the fuck are you doing? Yeah, and to compound all of it, I mean, at least his boys could have won to, like, keep the unit hot, right? Put the junior title on Kodama or give Arashi a huge win over Jake Lee. That's more ballsy. I don't know if I would have done that. But it's like, you know, uh, but I like the build to Arashi Jake Lee where he was holding up Jake Lee's picture in the magazines and talking shit about him. And um, But it's like you beat all three of them. You wipe these guys off the face of the earth, and you're like, I think they sucked a lot of the juice out of that. Um, So I don't know. I had a ton of problems with the booking here and just doing the match in the first place in front of no fans. I'd even give him a pass if they held off and did the match in front of fans and drew some money off of it and beat him. But you beat this guy and you haven't drawn a dime with him yet. That rubs me the wrong way because I really feel like they could have drawn money with this guy in a title challenge and they pissed that away because they already did the match and he lost. At least if he wins, you can make money with someone chasing him. My idea was he beats Suama and then Miyahara chases him, because I think Miyahara Ashino, with the way they've built Ashino, could have been a big money match, especially if Ashino didn't have any losses yet. All right. And then you have the company ace save the company from these invaders. Well, and
1: that's uh, you know not to, to get into fantasy booking or whatever. But my first you know thought and, and the re- I think we maybe even talked about this as well. The thing that I love is that you know Ashino beats Suama. And then when they do bring fans back, that's kind of the the heat is that, like, hey, while you guys were all away, these assholes came in, invaded our company. Well, now you guys are back, and I need you to help me, you know, rally to beat these guys and take our title back or whatever. I mean, that just seems like Invasion 101, right? That Miyahara says, all right, we're back here in front of fans, our fans, All Japan Pro Wrestling. Like, let's beat these invaders. Let's show them that they don't belong here. Like, that seems like the fucking 101. And they just threw that all away. They just pissed it all away. And I don't know why. I just can't understand it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I I didn't like any of this aside from the match itself which was great. So uh and then, and then like you said, then the Booker man comes out and he's the next challenger.
1: The so <laughs> Pencil man comes out.
0: Yeah, we're doing Suji Ishikawa versus Suwama which all right, but I mean, you know, I think Suji Ishikawa has clearly lost a step. I think most people would agree with that. The last 18 months or so have not been vintage Ishikawa and I'm not saying could he go in there with Suwama? Would it be outlandish that they have a great match? Of course not. Both of those guys can rise up and have a great match. But they're also two guys who, you know, Suwama is never a lock to have a great match. And Ishikawa is a guy who just, you know, his fucking age and history is starting to catch up to him a little. So, and from a story perspective, I don't know where we're going. I mean, I would think Suwama retains, but who knows? And a lot of people think they're still going with Jake Lee, especially with Nomura out. Jake Lee did win the semi here, but I'm sorry, Jake Lee's never going to happen. It's just not going to happen, and I'm tired of rehashing it. I'm just, I'm done with Jake Lee as a potential breakout guy. I just don't think he's going to happen. So, I think I, I you, know, you know, what I saw from Machino, and look, we ne- we didn't see him in front of crowds. To be fair, who knows if crowds would have taken to him? I think they would have though. Yeah, I can't but imagine some...
1: they wouldn't have. I mean, I, 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 mean, I don't know if we're working ourselves into a shoot here, but Jesus, like, I can't imagine they wouldn't have.
0: The only thing is sometimes in Japan it gets a little weird where companies do not accept guys from other companies sometimes. You do see that sometimes where it's just like maybe the all Japan fans would be like, oh, Wrestle One guys, uh eh. yeah, you know, I don't know,
1: yeah. But I like to me that's the heat. That's the part that's awesome. Like, is that you say, Fuck these guys, Get them out of here. Like they're the invaders. No, I I, mean, I, absolutely, I see what you mean. I, I know absolutely yeah. what you mean. They may have seen yeah. him as a lower class guy. But dude, right. I think he's got so much charisma and he's so off the charts that like I don't know. I, I don't buy that that would have been the case, but who knows? You're, you're right. We I
0: don't, don't either, I because I thought it was all so well done, and they performed so well.
1: That's the part. That's the thing that I don't get is, like, I have literally zero complaints about how they did it the last, you know, month and a half, two months or whatever. They that's built perfect. everything for June 30th, Oshino to go in there, beat Suwama, win the Like, they did it all for that, and then they just didn't do the last part, and now I just don't know what the hell you It, it, it seems all for naught. It seems like, why did I invest in the last two months of this? And you can come back and run it back, but it's never it's not the you same. You lost it. You yeah, lost it's the first not the time. Same.
0: You lost that. And I really think this card would have filled Korkin um based on the build. And it wasn't just Ashido. it was his boys too. Yeah, yeah. His boys have done very well. I mean Kodama has been a revelation. And Arashi, like I said, the build to the Jake Lee match was awesome. I mean I didn't realize, I
1: didn't realize one, they all man. three lost, man. Oh Jesus. I didn't even until you mentioned it here. Boom, boom, boom. 3-3. Three, three. <laughs> yeah! Fucking the last three they, matches, they all lose.
0: Jesus. They beat them all. And just, you know, I'm looking at the card now because I've been so into the All Japan. I watch all of it, top to bottom, during the COVID. They've done such a good job with, like, serialized shows. One show leads to the next, and they've done more backstage interviewee type of stuff to kind of supplement. They've done a great job. Listen to these match times, and this is why All Japan has done a nice job. 821, 829, 631, 556, 1056, 1253, 824 for the semi main event. You're in, you're out. You tell your story, you get the fuck out. You don't give a chance to be bored with the no fans. And the main event went 27, but and I saw people complain that the main event was too long. So that goes to show you, yeah. it's like the one match that now I didn't feel like it was too no long. hell no. I, I thought it,
1: I thought it needed that moment because it was the the coronation of the crowning of a new champion, but.
0: I was in, I was invested start to finish, but it may be because we were more invested in the match than a lot of people who just parachuted. Yeah, in if, if said, you oh,
1: parachuted into this, I could absolutely see you getting bored and not thinking it's very good without seeing you know what what that build has been. Yeah, no, I, I I get that for sure.
0: Yeah, so I get why people thought that. Um, but you know, just to show, like all Japan gets it with the match times, and that's they've been so good about that, keeping the match a good length and not overstaying their welcome. And also they've just changed the way that they've booked, um, you know, in terms of telling their stories, but I'm just disappointed in the outcomes and we'll see where it goes. I just feel like now they're gonna do a champion carnival or something, and Ashino will go like seven and three. You know you know what I mean? And like the specialness is gone. Like, they blew their load here. You know, it's like he'll go into a carnival and do okay. But he'll lose to two of the stars and he'll get upset in another match against like a mid card guy. He'll lose to fucking I don't know, name a name an all Japan mid carder he'll lose to fucking Ryuji Sai or something. <laughs> and, and and an upset because you know it's the carnival, so guys are gonna lose. And he'll lose and it's like all the juice will be gone. This was the juice, and I yeah. really think they should have now maybe this was obviously the plan all along, but sometimes you gotta call an audible, man and you got to be like let's save this fucking thing because the light was at the end of the tunnel for fans it wasn't even like you're like they're doing a show with fans like their next show like it was coming it's not like ah it's going to be two more months fuck it let's sh-. no you could have fucking drew some fans with this i don't know it's just a little disappointing um but the follow up will be interesting and I, again i would have been okay with it if it was a write off That's a whole other scenario. Right, exactly.
1: Yeah, I could swallow that a lot easier. Okay, that's it for these guys. Now they're going to go to their next stop or whatever, or, you know, they're going to freelance or they're going to, whatever. But, yeah, the idea that's like, all right, bring them back. It's like, oh, well, all right.
0: (laughs) This is how you write people up. You have all your stars beat
1: them. Yeah, well, especially, like, now that I know, I I knew that Arashi lost, but I forgot that Kudala lost, too. So it's like, shit. Like, yeah, yeah, all three of them, it's just like, all right, well, they're geeks. You know what I mean? They all lost in a row, so. Um and and people are, you know people are saying oh, well you can run it back or you know he's got to go through more people well, he has to go through more pe- if he had to go through more people then have him go through the more people before he gets to Suwama like I don't yeah. like the idea you climb to the mountain top and you fall down like I I'm not interested in the climb again I don't really give a shit anymore you know yeah
0: yeah completely there's a way and to do it. Have, it,
1: it, it it might work. work like there's a way where it could work but like man you, it worked perfectly here like and they just didn't they, I don't I'm know I'm
0: not saying he's dead there's just the, the juice is gone yeah you know, the juice is gone I guess this is a good transition to Junakiyama um who i don't know if you caught this while you were away but they you know he appears to be done with all Japan now he's still under contract but they're doing like a european soccer style contract transfer to DDT and he's going to quote unquote play out his deal while working for DDT and then all of the writing is on the wall at that point he's probably just going to become a contracted DDT wrestler so It appears as though Junakiyama is finished with All Japan. He had his last match a couple weeks ago, I think, don't quote me, against Dan Tomura. I think that was his last match. And he slapped around the young boy. It was a cool match because he beat the living shit out of him. Um, But that's it. He appears to be done. He appears to be on his way to DDT. That's some jump. Um, What's your initial take on this? Because I have a lot of thoughts.
1: Yeah, it's to me it it, it hurts because I'm just – not as into DDT as I am in (laughs) all Japan right now. So
0: I will never watch him wrestle again.
1: Yeah. That, that's the only problem is that I do. uh, And and I, I have to wonder, you know, if it, obviously it's probably his decision in in, in some way, shape or form, which is fine. Maybe he's looking at his body and going, you know what? I'd rather, you know, have half, you know, matches where I got to go in there and work hard. And then maybe half matches where I can kind of dick around a little bit and and, and save my body and and still kind of stay around. Maybe he's unhappy with, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know the history behind it or the background. Uh, behind it, but yeah, it is a little disappointing because I do think he has a lot to offer uh, to the All Japan roster. And as somebody who's just not a regular DDT watcher, it's just now I'm I'm really just not going to see Junakiyama as much as I was, and uh, that kind of stinks. And I, I I liked a lot of what he did in All Japan, and I know he hadn't been you know booking or really in power uh, for a while there, but you know it, it it can't be understated you know how important he was to the company you know getting back on its feet and 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 literally re- being reborn um as all japan you know the same name different company basically but um yeah i know he had great contributions and it, it kind of just stinks because i'm probably just not going to see him very often so
0: i think that last year when he was stripped of power remember it was very fishy um you know he they he was stripped of the presidency or whatever whatever his title was and he had already kind of he's been trying to reel himself back in the ring for years i mean you know that's been a running joke yeah, on It's, the, it's
1: show. the only way for him to get out of the champions carnival is to leave the company i guess
0: <laughs> Yeah but i mean so he didn't have any more front office power he didn't he clearly is not a guy who wants to bump anymore and he he has earned the right to stop bumping i have no problem with that and you could see that he's been trying to formulate an exit plan for his for the next stage of his life when he was dabbling with WWE before the COVID, you know. And I know a lot of people got on his case about that. Ah, oh, what's he's gonna get involved with the Fash promotion? Blah blah. But I mean, I never really blame the guy for that because he's earned the right to cash in the chips. You know, and if that means a cushy job,
1: right? Dude's been working his ass off since nineteen fucking ninety two. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's okay if he decides that.
0: Yeah, if he wants, if to he wants cushy, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. If he wants a cushy job with WWE Japan or move to Orlando, more power to him, man. I I think he's earned that right. And you know that fell apart obviously because they're having trouble making inroads in Japan, and COVID happened, and everything. But it's it's clear to me that, you know, no longer being president in all Japan and no longer you know having anything to do with the booking. And let's not forget his buddy dying in a motorcycle crash. Oh,
1: you know, right. Yeah, it, yeah.
0: You know, with Aoki dying in the motorcycle crash. And, you know, he had a hand in, in a lot of the booking in all Japan as well. And those two were kind of running things for a while. He's been looking for an out and an exit strategy. And, you know, maybe with the change in the front office and the ch- and the booking change to Ishikawa. He just didn't feel – and his friend gone and Aoki gone. He just didn't feel a place anymore. you know. And, and I think DDT is a good move for him because he can go to DDT. It's a very stable company owned by a very stable parent company. And he's a guy with front office experience. He's a guy that's respected in wrestling. And this might be him cashing in his chips. And, and he doesn't have to bump anymore. He could have comedy undercard matches with Antonio Honda and fucking Dino and whoever the fuck. Uh, you know, and and just you know, he's look. He's not going to DDT to mix it up with Takashita in the main events. Okay, if anyone thinks that's what this is, it's not. I mean, because he didn't want that in All Japan. He's not going to get in there with uh, Tetsuya Endo and work thirty five minute math. <laughs> right, you're right. not. You're not getting that. Okay, this is a guy who's winding it down, and he and there's probably, you know, he has his eye on some. Someone had a Bima. That's the name of the company, right? A Bima. Some of that a Bima money front office. I mean, this is a guy setting up the next stage of his life, man. So that's kind of how I see this. And, you know, I, I, you know from that perspective of, yeah, I don't watch much DDT, and I definitely don't watch DDT undercards. I'd rather fucking put needles in my eyeballs than watch DDT, DDT undercards. So I'm not going to watch him wrestle much anymore. I have no interest in watching him wrestle inflatable pandas or whatever the fuck. It's just garbage to me, but it's a good move for him because, you know, I, it's, you know, I don't blame him for not wanting to bump and I don't blame him for wanting, you know, he's kind of a guy who got lost in the shuffle of history, you know, and um, he just, he didn't end up with New Japan and then New Japan blew up and it was with Noah when it all fell apart and then he goes to all Japan and it falls apart and he got them to a certain level and you have to give him credit for the rise of Miyahara but they were never able to establish a second star. And you give them credit for getting All Japan off of death's door. But they really, and still to this day, if we're being honest, they're just a big indie. It was They were never able to get over the hump because they were never able to make more stars other than Miyahara. And I think that's what sunk him either in the eyes of the people who removed him or he just lost his own motivation with losing his friend and not seeing a light at the end of the tunnel and maybe he just removed himself and thought I just I did what I could here but I man I got to move into the next stage of my life. I can't be I was going to say pulling my hair out but he has no hair over trying to get Jake Lee and and Naoya Nomura over until the end of time because it's not going to happen. I don't blame him if this was, you know, his decision to do this but definitely interesting and definitely something i didn't see coming
1: i guess that's kind of the story of his his career in a lot of ways too is that he's always you know been very very close to being you know getting over the hump but never quite you know noah tried like hell when they first started make him the star and it just it didn't work all japan you know slowly slowly moved up moved up the ladder and then when he was about ready to finally maybe become the star then it all goes to shit and and yeah that's kind of the story of his career is just you know
0: i think the noah i think his noah run is a little does I like he drew he was on top for a lot of big houses and mm. i think i think a lot of people don't give him the credit he deserves as a draw you know i look he was never he never got to the level of,
1: of yeah, it's a, the biggest shadow in the fucking killer. universe that you yeah, had to I follow mean, <laughs> or get trying to get out of was, was tough.
0: it's i mean it's an impossible act to follow when you're trying to follow misawa kabashi and kawada and and all I mean, it, it but but you know, this is a guy who drew. I mean, you look at the houses he drew and compare, put them in today's landscape, and it's like, you know. But it but he always has felt like a guy that, to some extent, got lost in the shuffle a little, mm-hmm. you know. And then that, you know, like you're saying, he's about to get pushed in all Japan, and they have the the, the Exodus, and then he gets pushed in Noah, and you know, he's got a impossible act to follow and then Noah, you know, Masawa dies and Noah's going downhill and then they jump back to all Japan and it's a fucking on death's door and it's just I don't know, never really sometimes it's it's where you are as much as who you are. You know, and you know, timing. It's like Go Ozaki is another example of a guy who's just fucking snake bitten. You know, it's I don't know if Go Ozaki was ever going to have the necessary charisma to to be a legitimate top drawing ace in Japan, but I also know that he got fucked many times along the way, and a lot of times the, your your perception then ends up cast in stone, and then you really have no chance to get over the hump, but I don't want to drift too far because we don't have a lot of time left, and we have a few other things to get to, but that's uh, Junakiyama headed to DDT. And I guess we should briefly talk about zero one, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Any, any updates? So the latest that we heard, you know, we we had talked about it a few weeks ago. I know you did a news update where you talked about zero one, looking like it's on the way out. What have, have we heard anything new since, uh, since the last few weeks? Um,
0: no, it, I mean, they're, they're doing their junior tournament. Mm -hmm. So, well, first of all, Okay, so last week, and I talked about this on one of the news updates. I think it was the Monday. I
1: believe it was the Monday news update for people that do want to go
0: back and listen. So So Kohei Sato is gone, and that kind of makes sense because he kind of disappeared from the main event scene.
1: Right. Well, remember when we talked about the match, and we are like, man, he just got kind of punked there in that main event. He just took the fall, and it was kind of like, oh, all right, that's the end of that. So it makes sense now. You know, you got to wait. you got to wait to pass judgment sometimes, so.
0: Again, yeah, Akuto Hidaka's gone and uh, Tatsuhito Takawa are gone. Now, look, those are all older guys, but they're also made up a major core of the of the company. And Sato was arguably the top guy in the company, you know, champion probably a half a half a dozen times. To- How many times? He had to be champion multiple times. But the point here is he was a top guy. Uh, the managing director, too, one of the front office guys also left the company. And um, Hidaka had very... Um, ominous tweets saying, you know, I'm leaving the company, but I'm not retiring and I'm ba- basically asking to get booked and then wishing zero one well. So they're just having obvious money problems when these are probably very high paid guys that are leaving because they're not getting paid anymore, you know, it, that if you're going to try to piece it together. So uh, they appear to be in big trouble. I mean, they did announce a field for their junior tournament and announce a bunch of dates for their junior tournament. So they're going to keep marching on, I guess, until what might be their inevitable death, but they might be one of these promotions that just, you know, go down due to the COVID. So, um, it's not looking good. I mean, I, I like zero. I've, I like zero one. I watch all of their shows. I've always watched all of their shows because it's an easy promotion to follow. Cause you get eight, <laughs> like ten, six shows a year. Like yeah. So. And not a lot of it hits tape, you know, but i got to be honest and i i'm not going to be all that upset if they fold because i think the wrestlers the good wrestlers will land on their feet and end up in other places i'm not worried about that but it's like um you know as we saw we just talked about all japan with enfants invading all japan and the little spark that that gave them you know i think it's good if some of these promotions go away that are barely hanging on anyway and we get an injection of talent in some other places that are, you know, more sustainable. What's your take on that? I mean, I don't think it's a horrible... Like, I don't root for promotions to close. But if they do in Japan, I'm not all that upset about it. Because I do think it it's kind of healthier for the scene to give some of these other struggling promotions stronger rosters is what I'm getting at.
1: No, for sure. And I think I, I think people are used to... You know, people that have just jumped into Japanese wrestling or whatever, and, I, and I'm one of those as well. I've only kind of followed it, you know, extensively for, you know, 10 years or whatever, even a little bit less than 10 years. It's a long
0: time, Rich.
1: It, I guess it is. Time. I guess I'm old as shit. But uh, <laughs> that that uh, is, you know, we're used to there being 15, you know different companies out there and then and and your wrestle ones, your zero ones, your all Japan, your Noah, your, your you know, your your hard hits, your fucking heat up. You know, what I mean, like we're used to that like just being a, a scene that's just filled with companies or whatever. And that hasn't always been the case. Like there there was a time in the in you know, especially in the in the early 90s or whatever when it was New Japan and All Japan were the powerhouses, and yeah, you had your breakoffs and your, your you know your, your your gummies and your your fucking you know UWFs and that sort of stuff and UWFIs and all that sort of stuff. But for the most part, it was like two powerhouses, and then just not really much else. And we've little by little fractured to the extent where there's really New Japan. And then a bunch of like you said, ranks of different indies. Where Noah again, like people are going to get upset about that, but they're technically, you know, to to to, to, to a lesser extent, they're just like all Japan. They're kind of just a, a big indie. You know, Dragon Gate I think has kind of fallen to that level as well. DDT maybe because of the backing, you could put them up a, another level or whatever. But we've gotten kind of used to the fracturing and there being seven different companies and eight different companies or whatever. But like, it doesn't have to be that way. Like when it's healthy again, it might come that way again. But like in the meantime, while it's not healthy, which it absolutely is not right now, and there's obviously dire. Uh, you know you know a dire situation in all the world of wrestling but in this particular situation it might be better for all Japan to be propped up a little bit more know one to be propped up a little bit more and then yeah you're going to have your 01s that are going to die you're going to have your wrestle ones that are going to die and there's going to be other ones that we'll talk about you know over over the course of you know the next coming weeks and months or whatever with big japan being one that always seems like it's right on the cusp uh there and it's going to suck because like we're used to those companies and they have been around but right now i think the most important thing is is to to make the scene healthier is Get those you know top tier four or five companies or whatever. Get them as much ammunition as they need to survive this. And then if things get healthy again, then yeah, they might break off and fracture, and 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 people will form new companies or whatnot. But yeah, now is not the time for there to be seventeen different companies. Like it just it, it's not sustainable. The, the 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 industry is not sustainable for that. So yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I'd rather all Japan be healthier, NOAA be healthier, uh, DDT be healthier. Maybe Big Japan get some some you know reinforcements and they're healthier or whatever. I'd rather that than. Uh, a, a business like we have now, where it's New Japan, is is you know so far ahead of everybody else that it's not even close. Like I, I don't love that. I I think that's kind of shitty, and that's kind of what it is right now. It's New Japan and like ten other people just kind of floating around in this pond. So um, yeah, I, I'm with it. It sucks that they're like you know a company's going away, and yeah, but if it, if it helps you know these other companies that are surviving and are going to make it through be a little bit stronger, I I I can't advocate against that.
0: I mean, we've been hearing about New Japan's growth trickling down and helping the other promotions for almost 10 years now we've been hearing about oh well it's going to increase the popularity of wrestling and it's going to benefit everyone i don't think that's happening no they've they've
1: cultivated new japan fans and that's it
0: yes yes these these new new japan fans that new japan has created they don't seem to be seeking out other wrestling to they don't it doesn't seem like they are craving more wrestling and they're like well I see All Japan is coming to Cork and next week. Maybe I'll check that. I don't feel like that has – and we're now almost 10 years into this thing of Bushiroad growing New Japan, so I don't see any evidence that that has occurred. And I thought that was a valid theory too for, for a while, but I just don't see it occurring. You well, know? you can and, and also see
1: it too in the fact that New Japan doesn't do shit with any other company. like that, And that's never oh, yeah. been the case. Like All Japan, even in its peak – was helping out other guys and bringing in other companies and doing all together shows and that sort of stuff. New Japan, in even in the 90s, is, yeah, you know, if I come on in, yeah, hey, yeah, 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 fucking, you know, Tenru, yeah, come on, dude. Let's, yeah, let's do this. SWS, what,, you know what I mean? Like, they they were always, that. this New Japan, this Bushiro New Japan, they're worried about themselves, growing themselves, and building their brand, not building yeah. the, the sport of pro wrestling in Japan.
0: Well, those promotions back then were incentivized to help each other out. Exactly, and- yeah. New Japan doesn't have that incentive because they're growing on the – it's like they have the high ground and they're, they, there's just no incentive for them to – what's their incentive to – like like they've dabbled with it. I mean they had the NOAA thing and they brought Fuji and Nakajima into G1s. And, but that's because they wanted to poke their nose and get that ownership stake in NOAA. Yeah, and they, I think everybody at
1: found that out too. Hey, oh, yeah, you're going to help us out or we're going to work together? Okay, cool. Oh, wait, no, hold on a minute. <laughs> like That's not what you're here for. And yeah. That's kind of yeah. into that. So.
0: Yeah, and all, it doesn't help when Tanahashi totally punks out Hiroshima. <laughs> I mean, that was That's weird. Still
1: an all-time great moment, yeah.
0: It's just like... And that was weird, especially a guy like Tanahashi. It's like you think he'd be amenable to business, but he's a cutthroat dude. Nah, like dude, he, he's, un- yeah, he understands wrestling and what you know, staying over and getting over. And that was a weird fucking match with no comeuppance. Um, but yeah, but zero one. I mean, hanging on by a literal thread. And there's some talented wrestlers there. Masato Tanaka, Yuji Hino, um, you know, Sugi, who we love probably more than anybody else does. Um, uh, Sato, who already left. And then the older guy. I mean, look, Shinjiro Otani. I mean, he's going to hold on. He will go down with the ship, you know, as you know, front office guy and being so tight with, um, with Hashimoto in, in his younger days. So, you know, there are guys that if it does fold – you know, I, I, all the guys I just named are going to be fine. All of those people are going to get booked. You don't have to worry about them. You don't think someone's going to book Yuji Hino? I mean, give me a break. Maybe Sugi might have trouble. I don't think Sugi will be popping up in Noah anytime yeah, soon.
1: Yeah, I love that's a...
0: <laughs> I don't I mean, think so. I, you can forget about Noah. Um But, you know, look, they've got this junior tournament scheduled, and it doesn't end until August 2nd. So they're just going to keep going until... <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean... Um, You know, it's 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 really a pretty interesting tournament too. When I look at it, I mean, you got you got Hub, or I think you're supposed to pronounce it Hubu, right? I don't know why there wouldn't be another U in the end, but that's our boy Hub with the tail. Maybe
1: maybe Ricky Starks can get booked Uh, in AEW. So
0: yeah, alert Ricky Starks. It's like one of his (laughs) favorite wrestlers. You
1: know, (laughs) that's the that's the thing I'll always remember about Ricky Starks is fucking loves Hubu. Yeah, dude. Like yeah, it would be like in the early days of Ricky Starks, and he'd like you know like. I don't think they were ever DMs. They were like very out in the open or whatever. He's just like, hey, oh, yeah, is there yeah. any new
0: Huffy <laughs> <laughs> matches?
1: We'd have to link it to some dirty ass link. And he's like, thank you. <laughs> it's like, man.
0: Well, like- I, well if you remember, I had him on the show and you, you weren't on that one. But I had him on the show like in 2013 and I'm just interviewing him and we're talking about he's I was like, oh, so what kind of stuff are you watching on? He mentioned watching YouTube being a being a tape nerd, basically. And I'm like, well, what kind of stuff are you watching? And he goes, oh, I'm watching Hub. <laughs> right. First thing he mentions.
1: <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, most I'm kids like, are Hub? are watching, you know, the fucking Iron Man match. They're watching Shawn Michaels' main offense. And this guy's watching the dirty-ass fucking, you know.
0: He's like, yeah, have you seen this guy? You know, he's got a tail. And I'm like, yeah, I'm familiar. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't think anyone else was. But, all right. Um. Yeah, so Hub is in the tournament. Um, He's getting a bye, and uh, uh, Kuboto is getting the other bye. And then there's some interesting matchups in the middle. It's uh, uh, Kitamura versus uh, Drew Parker. Sugi against Raicho. Those are our boys, Rich. They're going against each other. Oh, no. (laughs) No. Yeah. I
1: hope hope (laughs) there's a gentleman's handshake at the end of that match. I, I hope so. Hope and pray.
0: I hope so, too. Uh, Lindeman is 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 in the tournament. Um, poor guy can't get booked, oh, booked for zero Christ. one. He's facing. Uh...
1: Oh, the Shima coattails are not working this time for those
0: guys. Yeah, it's Lindemann They're down Ken. to
1: zero one junior tournaments. That's I know. Great. Well, I
0: think the SEMA thing's working against them. I think Shima has oh, so much heat. Yeah, that it's working against those guys. And T Hawk's talking about retiring.
1: Yeah, there's like 15 years where riding Shima's coattails was the thing to do, and and these guys picked the uh, apparently the absolute worst time in history. Uh, to write yeah. the coattails of Shima, because yeah, that's it's uh, not going well. Yeah, T. Hawk being like, yeah, you know what, I might get into the trades or something.
0: <laughs> it's terrible. I mean, the, the, the China thing didn't work out, and we gotta Lindemann... save T. Hawk.
1: We gotta save T. Hawk. We cannot let that man retire. Just when he started getting good, we
0: can't do this. I mean, they can't get booked. I mean, if COVID clears up, I mean, you know, Connell take him. He loves him, but it's like it. it it's it, Lindemann's still like twenty four. He's gonna be fine, and Lindemann's great. Lindemann is one real push in a high profile promotion away from being considered one of the best juniors in the world. That's the only thing in the way of that is a uh, staying in one place and getting a push. And that place isn't zero one, but <laughs> he's in the tournament and he's facing Ganseki Tanaka. And then the other first round matches, uh, what was it? Oh, it's Otani. Of course, Otani against, uh, uh, Yomihito Imanari. That's the, uh, the other first round match. So it's a mix of zero one 1 regulars, uh, really good bad. outsiders. That's actually really good bad. outsiders like Lindemann, and then like grimy indie sleaze guys too. So um, I don't it's really it. not that bad of a lineup. That's a pretty I mean, good lineup,
1: actually. Yeah, the, 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 the outsiders actually propped it up a little bit. Without those guys, I could say, but no, I, I don't mind that. I don't mind that lineup. It's pretty good.
0: I mean, you get, got some potential matches there. I mean, you know, if, if okay, so we can get Sugi versus. Uh, if he went well Lindemann would face Lindemann would face the winner of hub and Otani if Otani wins his first round match so that'll be good no matter how it ends up and the other side a little weaker um I don't know who could predict zero one bucket?
1: yeah I mean why even
0: bother it's I just who knows I mean, I think a a Sugi versus Hub final would be fun. I think they had a singles match earlier this year. Or Lindemann, but they're not going to send Lindemann to the final because he's an outsider, more than likely. But who knows? I don't know. Um, Who knows if it'll even finish, though? That's the thing. And the other thing is, who knows how much of it will be on tape? You'd be lucky to see one match out of this thing, or the final, if you're lucky. So you can sit here and go, oh, who's going to face who? But you're not going to fucking see You
1: might not see (laughs) Yeah, you're not going to see much, so don't... uh... Yeah. Anyway, at zero one. There you go, a little zero one. We are, you know, they they might be on death's door, but we are still a zero one podcast. So, yes, get it here. Well, speaking of a uh, promotion that we might uh, never see or hear about again, we'll move over to America here for our last topic. Uh, we talked about this a few weeks ago, kind of been rumored and bantied about, but it is official now. WWE has acquired ownership of Evolve. Uh, this is Mike Johnson, PW Insider, who was the first with it. I uh, says WWE has officially acquired ownership of Evolve Wrestling. Uh, the deal was finalized after several months of negotiations between the two parties. Uh, WWE now has the rights to use the Evolve brand uh, name and produce Evolve events. Uh, there will also be Evolve slash WWN content added to the WWE Network. So um, It's official now, so what do we think next? next? What, what are those next steps? Do they ever run an Evolve show? No, I would say they're not doing that either. Yeah.
0: The most exciting news there is that there's concrete plans to put that stuff on the network. I'm hyped about. Yeah, that.
1: that's great. I, oh, fucking, I'll watch it.
0: <laughs> did it. Did it specifically mention the DG USA and Evolve libraries going to the network? I don't it
1: think say? so. So it always said it. it they were careful to say Evolve slash WWN. So Evolve was always the first.
0: Well, WWN isn't going away. That's right. That's
1: of- that. Again, we talked about it a little bit. You know, the few weeks ago, and we said that they're they they got ready for this. They built different companies on top of each other to to move things to different. Like the training school is its own thing, evolve yeah. is its own thing, WWN Inc is its own thing. So it's 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 yeah. weird in that Sal sense.
0: Sal Hamui or however you say his last name, he's staying in business under WWN. Shine is still moving.
1: FIP I, baby.
0: <laughs> there's conflicting reports on FIP. Some of the reports say. There's part of the sale, but I read something else that said it's going to keep going. So I don't know what's up with that. Shine for sure is going to keep going. I think there's one more under there. Yeah,
1: ACW, ACW, I think
0: is the other one. That, right, that ACW. Have. So, so Sal is keeping at least two of his promotions, maybe three, depending which report of FIP you want to believe. So this is Evolve, and I would assume the Dragon Gate USA tape library too, because mm-hmm. it's essentially the same. But I don't know that for a fact. Yeah, I'm not so. sure
1: either. Yeah, I, 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 I'm looking here at Johnson. He does not say it in his report. He just says that Evolve was created as a Dragnet USA offshoot uh, while DGUSA was a satellite promotion for Shima and other Japanese stars here in the States. Evolve was based on a different fighting side. Yeah, so that's all he says about DGUSA. He does not say Evolve and DGUSA will be on the network. It's, it's Evolve slash WWN content on the network so i don't know if that just means like the wwn super shows or the evolve adjacent stuff that's gonna be the fascinating thing to see if that dg stuff does pop up
0: hey you know what we could do we could just ask
1: we could just ask I guess. why don't we
0: ever think of that i mean we could just ask yeah. now that's all out in the open yeah
1: I mean, happy fourth of july oh and <laughs> like you know
0: yeah
1: you always gotta uh, screw with it. hey i hope your family's doing well hey by the way like
0: <laughs> Hey, look, Gabe gave us a real quote the first time we asked about it, So he gave us information. Um, Yeah, but anyway, the exciting news is that there's plans to put that stuff on the network. And I know we've talked about it, but it's like, I know people are still worried about scrubbing the music, but again, I really feel like if you can do it for ECW, you can do it for anything. I really don't think it's a big deal. Um, I just always wonder if they really want
1: to waste it. Like, I can't imagine like an intern getting like this, you know what I mean? Like, hey, here you go. Here's a valve. Scrub all this shit. Like, Look, I, all
0: you're I, really doing is chopping entrances and.
1: That's and what out- I would do. I what I would do is just go it. in there, chop the entrances off, and just get start within the ring. Do the do, do the yeah. PWG style where they just start in the ring and. and
0: New introduce. Japan World. I mean, New Japan World. Nearly every match, there's no entrances. Right, right, right. For the older stuff, I mean, we live with it. I mean, it's not ideal. I would prefer the entrances with the music. Who wouldn't? But if you know, if it's that or not have it at all, just fucking chop them. You know, and just put fucking random, fucking. Warner Chappelle fucking uh, public domain music over the fucking outros. That's all. I mean, you don't like it, but you live with it. That's all. you know, the, like the first twenty evolve shows, it was just a drum beat for every
1: guy. <laughs> right, yeah, those those will be those will be up in in, in in no time. You can put those up right now as long as you maybe listen to the commentary real quick and make sure there's nothing nothing bad yeah. in there. But
0: the whole gimmick was that there was no music for like the first twenty shows, so that's exciting to me. That that stuff's going to be on the network. I will eat that for fucking breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'll watch those shows. There are periods of Evolve that are great. I mean, we've talked about it. And now that it's a dead promotion, it's like there's periods of Evolve that – the whole thing is interesting, like even the bad shows now. See, here's the thing about bad wrestling and bad periods of promotions. They're bad in real time because – now that you know they're bad, there's value in the rewatch because you're not expecting it to be good. Does that make sense? Right.
1: There, w- there was the wait a minute. I just paid twenty, you know, twenty bucks for a fucking terrible stream of this badass, this fucking horrendous show. Like I'm pissed off. This sucked. Whereas now, it's like, ah, whatever, you just pop it out on the network, you watch, you know, Evolve 5 or whatever, you see fucking Sammy Callahan roll around in the ring for a little bit or whatever, so yeah, no, there's there's definitely value
0: to it. The dynamic totally changes on a rewatch in terms of bad wrestling, because you know it's already bad, you're not expecting it to be good, like you're saying, you're not blowing money on something and then being disappointed, so, um, yeah, I mean, that's really, we knew this was kind of, this was the rumor, the prevailing rumor, and we knew it was probably coming, um, You know, they're definitely a victim of COVID. I think COVID put them out of business because they were planning running WrestleMania weekend. They lost a lot of money not running WrestleMania weekend. And I think that the prospect of attempting to run in a COVID world and a post-COVID world, you could just tell. I mean, Gabe made that Facebook post saying distancing and limited tickets and this and that. This is going to be a pain in balls. Like I'm paraphrasing, but I think COVID just was the final nail on the call I think you
1: read that back and just said, ah, this shit isn't worth it whatever <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean like I'm throwing in the towel here
0: uh yeah it's just i'm I'm cashing in my chips Junakiyama style and uh and that's that and um you know and and Sal will soldier on with his other three promotions and um that's just that's it that's the end of evolve i you know i, I the one thing about it is it occupied a space in the indie world that I don't think can be filled. And I don't want to have the same conversation we had last time we talked about it, but whatever you think about evolve, whatever jokes you want to make, um, it's going to be a weird world without a ring of honor slash dragon gate USA slash evolve slash Gabe company occupying that stepping stone place in the indie world,
1: yeah, we just don't. I, I think people, you know, people misconstrued what you were saying on on Twitter. I know it's a shocking that you did that, but yeah. like for those that didn't live it, like what we've had since Ring of Honor, really by two thousand two, two thousand three, or whatever. Once Ring of Honor really got off the, we we've always had a countrywide super indie. You know what I mean? Like yes. we've had that forever. We've had that with company Gabe running it. for with better Gabe, or worse. Yeah, yeah. Gabe yeah. With, with, with Gabe being the the, the spearhead of of. Uh, a touring super indie that had the best workers that weren't in the major companies wrestling for it. Yep. And Evolve has kind of stopped being that over the last few years. It's it's become something different, but for all intents and purposes, it still was that thing. It would tour, it'd come to your town. It would, you know, if you were in a big city, you probably got it at least once or twice a year or whatever, maybe a few times per year or whatever. We've had that since, you know, 2002, 2003. And now we don't have that. And I don't know who's, you know, people brought up names of who's the next step up, but I don't know that many of those companies no, are ready to tour nationally and fucking be the, the, the next step. Like, GCW's a totally different thing. I, GCW does tour. Totally GCW different. does a great thing, but GCW does not strive to be, here's the guys that are the next level, the, the, the AAA, the, the 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 rising stars, the prospects of wrestling. That's not what they are. They're not a touring national prospect company like Ring of Honor or, 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 or you know, all those other companies were.
0: Does it the, the the Gabe Legacy promotions? It's not a game changer. Yeah, is. and that's they're
1: fine. Game, game changer, isn't it? They're doing their own they, thing and they're best. finding success with it, but they're not that other thing. AAW is they're gonna tour. They're not gonna tour across they're the just fucking Chicago. nation. They're, they're Chicago. They're Chicago, man. You're like, yeah, yeah, they they are those next guys up, but they're not fucking going to California. They're not gonna bounce around to Philadelphia, New York, and and, and Dayton, Ohio, and all. They're not doing that.
0: Livonia, Michigan. Michigan. <laughs> yeah, they're not going
1: to Livonia, like.
0: And it's not even so much about the the tour, doing weekends in different states. It's just the place that it held in the pecking order. There's no other promotion that can fill that void or hold that place. And the thing is, I think that era is over and there's no place for that kind of promotion anyway. Yeah, I agree. It's It's just a different era now. We've moved on from that era of the indies. And Game Changer does great things. They're not necessarily for me, but I always praise them for their business and the things that they've done, but they hold a different, far different place in the pecking order than the Gabe Legacy Promotions did. And people, when I made that tweet, ah, oh, what about PWG? Totally different animal. You're wrong. I'm sorry, but you're wrong. Totally different place in the scene. And and, and that's not downgrading PWG. It wasn't, it did not hold the same place in, in the pecking order that the Gabe Promotions did. It was an all-star show on the West Coast that ran six times a year. Okay, it wasn't, it's not, you know, and now they're going to come back and say it's actually they ran eleven times. You get the idea. Right, but they're not in
1: your fucking city, it's, unless you live in fucking it's, Los Angeles. They're not coming to your city so. unless you
0: lived in Braceda. Yeah. Okay. And and, it, and it's not, and it was an All Star show. It didn't hold the same place in the pecking order that the gay pr- – there's, there's nothing that can replace that. And and honestly, I don't think there is a place for those kind of promotions anymore. Yeah, the talent origin? isn't there.
1: there. There's not. I there's not somebody out there that's going to say, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna fill that void and who do you grab, who's your roster? Who's your 15 guys and girls that you're going to pick up today and say, you know what, we're going to we're going to do it. We're going to fucking be this the, the we're the next super indie, the next one up. They're not there. I couldn't name 15 names that are there.
0: The talent isn't there and it, and they it, it's also there's 4 5 different there's a half a dozen different promotions in the United States giving those guys contracts now. So, you know, you there there's no there's no need to occupy that space because People are jumping right from the AIWs and the AI and the AAWs and the and the and the and, the, and the, the local indies to contracts with either forget WWE and AEW but also MLW and Ring of Honor and NWA. There's just so many promotions now. When when the Gabe promotions occupied that space, there was one company giving out contracts. And I guess you want to throw in TNA. You could throw them into. Right. Okay, and they're still, and that's another one. There's literally a half a dozen companies in the United States taking all of the talent now. Before that, that 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 place, that space that the Gabe promotions occupied, it's it's redundant. There's no use for it, and that's I think why Evolve did struggle down the stretch, because all that talent that Gabe would have used as the final stepping stone stop was getting signed by all of these promotions. And that's the world we're in now. We're in a world where there's no use for that sort of promotion in that space. Right.
1: Yeah. One of the names that we brought up, you know, two names that that to me are so obviously in another era would have gone through and 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 done, you know, game stuff or done those second tier, like a Jake Atlas and like uh, uh, um, uh, Chris Statlander were both people that were like. Yeah. You could tell two years ago, hey, these are these are budding... You know, they're, they're really good. They're picking it up pretty well. They're going to be there pretty soon. And, and little by little, though, they were getting bookings. And then, boom, they're snatched up. Yep. AW snatches up Statlander. Jake Atlas gets snatched up by, by WWE. In any other era, they would have done their indie... Their, their you know, kind of AIWs, Beyonds, and those sort of indies for a few years. Then they would have done Evolves, DGUSA, fucking Ring of Honor, or whatever, for, for for a year or whatever. And then get snatched up. Or two years or But But, like, like you said... WWE now is just foregoing that that extra step and just saying, ah, right, we'll, you know, we'll we'll finish them here. We'll, we'll we'll give them the training they need here. And AEW in, in a wrestling war is saying, ah, right, whatever, you know, we need we need bodies. We'll we'll take her. You know what I mean? Like, and 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 that's
0: you know. And then it, those other four places too are are trying to they have to fill rosters. Right. Your Ring of Honor and and Impact and NWA and MLW and you know I think that has contributed a lot to the demise of those, of the Gabe promotions as well. I mean, I think that's, you know, that they became redundant, you know, and and the talent dried up because you had six different places signing them up. And I think you gave two good examples with Atlas and Statlander. You know, they would have never been signed this quickly in 2005 if they would have been signed at all. I mean, look at all those ROH guys from that era. It took, they didn't get signed until they were in their late 30s yeah, a lot.
1: Patrick Strong.
0: Like it's got signed, you know, what, four yeah, years Austin ago? Ari- <laughs> Austin Aries and Cesaro. And, I mean, a lot of these guys didn't get signed. And, and you know, if, if if the scene was uh, as, you know, if there were as many promotions back then as there are now, none of those guys would have lasted as long as they did in ROH. And ROH probably wouldn't have become what it became because they wouldn't have been able to retain the talent. And it would have went down like Evolve just did. So, um, you know, it, it, it it's going to be a weird... Weird, you know, time to not have a Gabe promotion out there. And and the same could be said for Chikara. I thought they occupied a very unique space as well. You know, they kind of did their own thing in their own little universe and had their own little, you know, fan base that was different from the larger indie fan base. And now, you know, and they don't exist either for very different reasons. But two anchor promotions of the indies. Those were the two anchor promotions of the indies was whatever Gabe was doing at the moment. And Chikara, for what? A decade, longer than a decade, 15, 20 years. Chikara was on season 19 or season 20 at this point. So you're talking, you know, almost 20 years, those were the two anchor promotions of the indies. And now the indies have kind of just gone back to being more of a local thing in a lot of cases. And, you know, you've got what Game Changers is doing, which, again, is great, but occupies an entirely different kind of space. And now we're in a new indie era with independent wrestling TV and basically everybody being streamed, and a lack of you have to find a niche if you're an indie, whether it's meme wrestlers or whether it's um, deathmatch wrestlers or whether it's, you know, because the great workers do not last. The Jake Atlases and the Chris Statlanders are going to get signed very quickly by somebody because it's a competitive market. So, you got to find your niche. And Game Changer is very lucky in that they have a large roster of guys who are never getting signed by right, anyone. Right. They got
1: a kind of an ECW thing going it's, on, a yes, Misfit Toys yes, thing where it's like Eric Ryan is probably safe for a while. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. Which is good. I mean, that's great that they've cultivated that and it's great that they have that. But yeah, it's it not. Clope
0: and, 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 <laughs> you, know, um, you know, you could go right down the line with with the guys that they use. Um, uh, who's the guy that. Uh, Cut up his bicep and nearly died last year. I mean, I got, you know, it's like G. Raver and, um, and, and, uh, and, uh, uh, I can't think of any of these guys' names right now. Who Jimmy Lloyd and uh, these guys are never yeah, getting Jimmy, signed. Nobody is signing Jimmy you know, it, Lloyd. It's, so. so it's like, and, and I'm not trying to disparage them. I mean, it, 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 and they've, it's, it's a completely different space that they occupy and, and they're appealing to, and that's how you have to appeal to indie wrestling fans. That you have to offer something other than work rate. Because there's not enough work rate guys to go around. I I fully believe that work rate wrestling can still draw. And would draw better than a lot of this other stuff. Okay? But there aren't any work rate wrestlers out there. So there's no test case for it. And all you need to do is look at PWG. And see how they struggle to fill their cards now. And have to look to Australia and Mexico and everything else. Because there just aren't a lot of good solid work rate wrestlers anymore. I, I think that good wrestling will always draw. The problem is the Indies are devoid of those type of wrestlers right now. And we need to cultivate the next gen, but it's hard when they immediately get sucked up and signed.
1: All right. And that will do it for this, uh, this episode here of the voice wrestling flagship podcast. We mentioned patreon.com slash voice wrestling voice wrestling.com slash Patreon. The, the ones listening live, you know that your ten 10 subscribers, you get it. Uh, if you are not a $10 subscriber, you listen to this on uh, your podcast app. If you want to listen to the show live as we do it, uh, patreon.com slash Wrestling. We also have plenty of great stuff there uh, for the $5 tier. I just released my vacation, talking about uh, my vacation, my trip uh, to various national parks. The uh, In Your House series still going on. Uh, Joe Vember to Remember also on that $5 tier. So plenty of stuff for the $5 tier. If you want everything, though, the $10 tier, we cannot recommend that. Uh, enough patreon.com slash voices wrestling we also mentioned the website as well voice wrestling.com some uh, previews of stuff coming up reviews of the new japan cup uh, uh shows that have happened uh, as well a lot of other good stuff going on there on the website as well but uh that's it for us so for Joe Lanza, i'm rich great we'll talk to you guys next time on the voice wrestling flagship podcast take care